up, bitches! Here we go. Happy Sunday. Apparently, you don't care as much about the Browns either, because uh, every single time I schedule one of these, I'm just like, and my wife is just like, I guess they don't care about the Browns either. I'm like, yep. Wow, I really don't think about that at yeah, all. Yeah, and, and it's both. not even intentional. Where I'm just like, fuck the Browns. I really enjoy the social aspect of watching the Browns games with friends, but man, another Sunday came and went. I don't even know what's happening today. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a huge sports guy like i actually love baseball but like i don't follow it as much as i would like to more on instagram than actually like watching too many guardians games but that's about the only pro sport that i'm like yeah i need to i uh, yeah i was just talking about this last night i was having dinner with some friends and uh someone asked me about like you really you do like the browns i'm like ah fuck uh i'm like no no i'm not you know i i don't dislike them but uh, I forgot about them until you just mentioned. Yeah, them. right. So and you gotta I have just, a lot of explainers. I lived in Pittsburgh for a couple of years, and every uh, time someone at you know, for oh hey, what's up? Where are you from? You don't sound like you're from Pittsburgh. I'm from Cleveland. They're like, you like the Browns? I'm like, no, not really. Like, all right, cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, it can help you in certain situations. <laughs> yeah. Like in Pittsburgh, like yeah, us either. I'm like, oh no, mine's more. Apathy yeah, yeah. But but even that was hatred. good enough for those people. Hey, whatever. You know, so. just don't get involved. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Yeah. The um. And I don't know. So I think I don't know if it's like a like a a dude thing sometimes. Where and what I mean by that is you see a guy and you're like, oh, that guy likes sports. Look at him. Yeah. Look at him. He's got tattoos. Sports. I'm like, eh. I don't care about it. I think fantasy football is real dumb. I don't understand that. Golf is stupid. Yeah. I don't like poker, especially with people that don't know poker. I throw a lot of darts. Does that count? Darts is fine. Dude, darts I throw is a lot social. Of darts. Unless you're just like, well, I'm going to Pennsylvania for the Nationals. I'm like, fuck off. Well, like, if you're... That, yeah, <laughs> do you? Yeah. I mean, not tra- not too much, too much traveling. But, yeah, at any moment, if you were like, yeah, there's a professional dart tournament down the road. You like, that's good. Go. I mean, I'm not going to win, but I'll show well, up and I'll, the, I'll, I'll show people good games. I'll, but, I'll like, beat plenty of people there, but I'm, I'm not going to take but it on the National. Like, but you're not just like... Because if, if someone came up to me and like you've thrown darts, I'm like, yeah, I like throwing darts. Oh, like, no, no, I throw like tournament? multiple times a week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I throw in like organized leagues and shit. Because if someone's going, going to go to a tournament, like, no, I yeah, don't. No. No. Yeah, I go to tournaments. I want to go to like BW3s, <laughs> throw right, a few right, leagues. Right, right, right. So you, okay. I feel well, you. I didn't mean to shit on your own. No, it's okay because <laughs> I shit on it all the time because it is like the dorkiest thing. You should see the people I play with. It's embarrassing. But that's, I don't know, man. It's, I guess, it's, I don't know how old you are, but like, you know, when you kind of get older, you know, you don't just want to just work and go to bed and work and go to yeah. bed, especially when you start a family. Like, you got to have some shit to mix things up. I'm super competitive. I don't yeah. know about you. Like, I see some martial arts things, but like, I need some like competition in my life well, sometimes. Well, I, I, I used to be. And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not competitive now, but. Martial arts, super like jujitsu is what I primarily it, like. It's it's super humbling because it is a slow fucking sport. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, it's yeah. really really. And I, slow. I wouldn't know jujitsu versus karate to be quite honest. Pardon my ignorance. That's but okay. jujitsu I mean, is all... essentially it's uh, submission wrestling. So yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean like like the the analogy that me and some guys at the school use is like you and I. I haven't played baseball since I was a kid, but you and I can go to the batting cages right now in an hour. We're going to be significantly better just from oh, repetition. Yeah. It's not like that in jiu-jitsu. It's oh, very, yeah, yeah, I bet. It's very slow. It's very, very hard. I mean, wrestling's the same. Right. Any type of thing like that. Yeah, I was going to say, like, anything where it's like 
leverage and positioning and shit like that. It, there's there's yeah. a lot of math you're doing in your head that you don't realize that you're doing. That and like size and strength, I've listened to that shit completely matters. But oh, yeah. but I mean, I mean, I've I've been when I started, I remember getting dumped on my head by like a 17 year old girl. Oh yeah, because oh, she yeah. just knew where to be. Yep. And I was just like, what? Why do I feel like I'm just off balance all the time? And it's like that for like two years. <laughs> I bet, dude. Yeah, I it's a, uh, it's, 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 it's humbling. And uh, you either are just like, I need to figure out why I'm so bad at this, or you're like, I'm not or doing I'm this. Home. This is yeah. terrible. So, <laughs> oh, I feel yeah, that. that's fishing find, for like, me. Something to kind of keep, and if it's darts, if it's some people do like golf, like. I had the argument about golf with the same guy yesterday. I'm like, no, it's expensive. Oh, yeah, it's, it's like ridiculous. seven it's hours expensive. long, so and it's I have to dress up. Fuck off, man! Like I don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they'd allow me. I don't own clothes that I could wear that they'd allow me to be. On no, clothes, I had so. to go. I did. I golfed like three months ago for like a. It was a, a fundraiser, like a, a friend nice, of mine's nice. fundraiser. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll go to that. Whatever. I like the other parts. I like being outside and oh, yeah. you know, drinking beer in the sun and joking. That's a blast. So I mean, then you hand me the club. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I'll just follow you guys. I'll drive the cart. I love driving the cart. Yeah, I'll drive man. the cart. You guys just It's play. like a smaller, very stupid looking car. And I love that shit. You and me both. But uh, yeah, I'm just like, nope, I don't. I can't get into that either. But I had to scramble around. I'm like, I don't have anything I can wear to this. No. I have like clothes that I wear to work, but I'm not going there in long pants and like a button down shirt. You have to buy golf clothes. Right, right, right. And Dude. then I, I drew the line at shoes. I'm like, I'm wearing tennis shoes. If I had to show I'm up at not, your wedding, I'd probably be wearing. This with like the one button-up shirt that I own, there and if go. it was your funeral, I might just wear this because my other shirt funeral is bright black, blue. You're good. I'm yeah, black, so yeah. I'm like, it's and more. And technically, I guess depending on your thoughts on marriage, black is also appropriate <laughs> for weddings. Go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we've uh, established our credentials in terms of athleticism, oh yeah, 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 and yeah. hobbies, please, sir. And well, I know I'm gonna say, oh, is this even part of the thing? Oh, we're just yeah, getting to know sorry. each other for on an accident. Yeah, I'm not great at starting podcasts. <laughs> right. If we started off with "Welcome to the Gillis," I wouldn't listen to this shit. <laughs> but uh, Eddie, I'm not gonna attempt your last name. Yeah, don't bother. Um, I I might not even say it. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm Eddie Olshansky. Um, I run an organization called Trashfish, and uh, I assume that's why I'm here with you, not to talk about how little I know no, about martial darts. arts. I'm trying to it get. I need a dart coach. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, I want to get some heat from my friends for claiming to be good at darts if they listen to this podcast. So really, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I've never some of them claimed. are really good, dude. It's some of that shit's scary, man. They're they're some believe it or are... not, there are guys in Cleveland right now that are they're the best, they're top five in the country. Really? Yep. Yep. Fuck. I kind of want to talk to them. I, I mean, I'll, after I'll you, I'll, I'll, I'll give you stop this. I'll give you some <laughs> names. Like the uh, one of my best friends, he started one of the leagues that I'm in, and I mean. Between him and three or four other dudes, any given day, they're going to beat any professional darter in the country. That's and they're, they're, wild, I mean, they're man. professionals as it goes. They get sponsorships and stuff. You make so. money? I mean, you can. I, I, you if can. I'm winning tournaments locally here, yeah, like I'll go to the bar and walk away with 20 bucks, and that's cool. But no, I, I haven't won a big purse tournament. That's, I think the most I've won in a single tournament, and we have like a, we have a national, um, the, our extravaganza is a national sanctioned darts event professional the best ones travel all over the country to come to cleveland i think it's really? in strongsville yeah we play at the hotel down there there's like 250 300 people twenty thousand dollar purse like it's a big deal that's wild like yeah and that's, you wouldn't know it no you wouldn't know it that's a uh, that's one of those things like like for me when i think of things like bowling and pool and darts i'm really good between two and four beers 
prior or after I am fucking useless. But it is fun. Like I oh, love yeah, bowling. Blast. Bowling's such a blast for me, and I'm horrible. No. I do like throwing darts because, and it used to get a little shittier because we throw the darts <laughs> at each other. After right, a while. right, yeah. You'll and have I that. like pool. I, I just think it's. I wish I was better at them all because yeah. they look cooler. I won't do anything. Yeah, I won't do anything that I'm not good at. So I don't play pool. I only do things I'm bad at because <laughs> there's not a whole lot of things I'm good uh, at. We're we're. De- I there's wish no I could be that for what way. I'm good at. <laughs> I wish I wish I could be that way. Yeah, there's no but, market for being able to eat a lot of pasta, right? <laughs> in well, one sitting, you know, and there's a very niche market for that. Yeah, like a certain kind of OnlyFans. Exactly. Yeah. So well, I think now it's almost a running joke that these people still don't know what I do because I stopped right before I said I run an organization that does this, which goes back to <laughs> I'm really bad at actually, which is amazing. No, this has been fun. 225 episodes. I'm still really bad at podcasting. I'm See, fun. I only do things I'm bad at. I'm having fun. Don't <laughs> worry about it. So as long as they're having fun. Yeah. But I guess to finish my thought, I run an organization where I give out kayaks to people for free if they want to come down to the Cuyahoga River in Cleveland and pick up some garbage out of the river. So I facilitate that sort of thing if I'm not playing darts. Okay. <laughs> So darts, garbage. Yeah, exactly. Okay. In that order. <laughs> so how do? Well, let's go back. All right, tell I, me. You know, the, this you know the, this has to come about somehow. So how how did we get here? Yeah, I mean, uh, you might think I'm very obsessed with darts, but I'm far more obsessed with fishing, and that's what I was doing all day right before I got here. I probably still smell like a fish because that's what I do. If I'm if I'm awake, I wish I'm fishing. So yeah. we're out there. I fish all the time. I'm an avid fisherman growing up, and I broke my leg riding a BMX bike at the skate park. One of my other, you know, things that I get obsessed with, but broke my leg fishing from a wheelchair sucked fishing from crutches sucked. So I bought a kayak like sight unseen off Craigslist had never been in one before. Like my mom is like jamming my cast down in the, in the thing the first day I had it. And immediately it's a blast to fish, but the closer you get up into all the nooks and crannies in a kayak, you start seeing all that trash in even what I thought were really pristine, like beautiful rivers, there's still just this trash. And then you go to a place like down in Cleveland where like it's there's a whole city around it just dumping trash onto the street, goes through the sewer. It ends up and, and communities way outside of Cleveland, we get their trash. It all flows downriver. We get the mm, trash from yeah. so many different places. And we're like the last chance to stop that trash from getting into Lake Erie, which is the drinking water source of like almost 12 million people. Which so. is wild to think about because Lake Erie – you ask anybody about Lake Erie and they'll make the joke like, I don't even swim in that shit. Yeah, you know, which We're is really? a testament to our um, water treatment plants. How and good stuff. we are. So, <laughs> but like there's a lot that they can't do. And like plastic is one of the big ones that like water treatment plants are not getting a sufficient amount of really, really tiny pieces of plastic out of our drinking water. Yeah, in, in that, in that, I think, I don't remember the exact video that I saw. The first video I saw of yours was a... The, the videos, and we'll get into like, because we were joking around a little bit about that before we started, but the video itself is, I, I've always kind of likened videos like yours to something like, if you remember the popularity of like The Daily Show when John Stewart was running it, the reason something like that is digestible because there are serious topics is because of the way that it's actually released to people. If I'm sitting there reading facts about political issues, most people, regardless of spectrum, age, gender, interest, drunken level they're gonna just tune out a lot of most people will or they're like ah sounds sounds terrible and as soon as we get back from dinner we're gonna get on this and then they forget but something like that it actually makes actual you know he turned things into a joke but at the same time you remembered what was funny about the joke and what was kind of fucked up about it. right and that's what you're kind of doing with the videos and i think that's why it kind of caught me because at first i was like this i actually thought it was kind of like a parody at first 
it almost is a parody. I'll yeah. be the t- first to admit, yeah, no, like, no, no, like no. so much of what I do is the parody of an influencer, you know, like, or like anything like, like, or it's, I need it to be digestible and I need to be able to laugh a little bit because if I wasn't laughing, I'd be crying over, you know, like what I see going on in, in my environment uh, to my community, like blah, blah, blah. So you got to have a little bit of a, a sense of humor about it. And yeah, if I, if you make, if you remember the joke and you tell someone about the joke and the joke was about this thing that I think is really important that you tell, boom, that is exactly how I make a difference in the world. Like it's not the trash. Honestly, it's not the trash that we get out of the water that is making like the big difference right now. It's getting it into the ears of other people, being able yeah. to have this thing where, cause like so much of that stuff is so unapproachable. You know, like you said, if you're talking about politics, if you're talking about this, people just tune out. Well, let me be frank with you talking about how bad plastic is for the environment, but even more so than that people that people don't want to hear because plastic is everywhere. Like how, from the moment you wake up to you touching your first piece of plastic, like how long is that? Uh, well, I have a six months old, so it's not very long. I'm sure, you know, and like, <laughs> I don't have a six toys, month old, you know, like my phone is plastic. It's got plastic case on it. My, Oh, then yeah, you know, very fast. You know, exactly. Like yeah. my, you know, the clothes that I wear might be made out of pla- anything that's not made out of like cotton or wool. It's a lycra acrylic, like polyester. That's all plastic. Like it's all petroleum based. Like we're wearing an oil slick on our body day to day, you know? And that's the same way I view the bottles in the river. Like that's no different than an oil spill to me. Oh yeah. Especially because of like chemically, everything that that goes (laughs) into an actual piece of plastic. Plastic is just made from the waste product of oil refinery. Yeah. So like when we take raw sludgy crude oil out of the ground, you got to heat it up. You got to distill it. You got to clean out all that toxic carcinogenic sludge and they got no way to economically or economically dispose of that waste. So they figured out a way to sell it back to us. And yeah. then now the onus of the responsibility for their damaging garbage is now on me and you in our communities. And then they tell us, hey, like who coined like well, littering is bad and stuff? Well, the people who pay for advertisements like that are the beverage industry. They're saying it's the people in your community's fault that all this plastic is in the environment. It's not ours. It's not the people who are making a billion dollars you know, on this stuff and just producing it at mass with no regard to what it does to living humans, let alone the animals in the environment. And I'm like, well, I'm going to blame you instead, you know? Well, and that's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a circle. It's a circle of, of, of index fingers, just looking at the next person. Right. Not even that they don't want to get the blame, but they're like, but I'm also not the person to fix it. But the, but but that's exactly because what the blame isn't the thing. It's holding someone responsible because like I even use the word blame. I almost stop myself because that's not really blame doesn't matter. It's like who's going to be helping us do this because I'm broke. Like I can't I you know, there's no way to afford to do what I do and give these kayaks for free without massive like detriment to my wallet. You know, like I Pepsi and Coca-Cola and Nestle and Ocean Spray, the American Beverage Council, they should be helping us do some of this stuff. And they're not. And. I don't know. Actually, I brought you a little present because they don't they don't like to they they pass that onus of responsibility onto us, right? So like if they sold you a product, you had the choice. What do you do with it? And like what do you choose to do with it? Like I mean, we're, we're Americans, we love to recycle, right? Yeah. We throw it in the recycling bin. That's what we love to do. That's what we call recycling. So like in I your feel head, like a fucking freedom fighter when I do it. Everyone you do, do. I and like I'm, out. I'm I'm like, Look what I'm doing, you bitches. Right? <laughs> I'm might hurt your feelings really bad here. It's a, it's, it's, 
what you're doing is probably worse than for the environment than not recycling. It, it absolutely could please be explain. at least. It, it absolutely could be. So they say like less than 10% of all plastic, it gets recycled. Yes. So we all use, and a huge portion of that, let me make this clear, a huge portion of that is burned for fuel. That's what we do in this world for recycling. We take a bottle. We don't take a bottle, turn it into another bottle. That's not how it works. We have cleaning and sorting infrastructure in this country where we take these plastics, we take out the stuff, you know, that the throwaway stuff, we giant pile of plastic, we ship it off to another country. Cause like it wouldn't even be legal to do what we actually do consider recycling in this world in our country. So we send it somewhere else. They typically are going to take the very, very small amount of that stuff that could potentially be turned into like, they make like carpet out of recycled plastic. They make like some thin grocery bags out of plastic. If you've bought like a soap bottle that says, oh, it's post-consumer recycle, it's probably like less than 3% actual recycled material because like it's just not good plastic. They're not going to make a good product out of it. Something like you can wear out like your carpet, great. That's recyclable. Everything else is just burned. It's burned for fuel to fuel a factory to make more meaningless stuff probably. And they do it in countries where that's legal. Which is why we don't. Is why we ship all of our our trash elsewhere. Well, yeah. Well, because if you start thinking about like burning things for fuel, then you start talking more about like carbon emissions and things like that, which has been a really, really big one over the last couple of years, and I think it really picked up steam in the last like eighteen months. At right. Least in terms of, I think social media visibility because you have the the gas car, and this is the easiest way that people ingest it, the gas car versus the electric car right now. And now what's coming out now is the obviously the gas and the carbon emissions is bad, but then they're like, what about these batteries for the car? There essentially really isn't a good answer. And when you talk about like the other countries too, especially the carbon emissions, it's a little frightening when you actually think about it because they're like, uh, I think it was uh, a comedian was talking about this out in Britain and he was just like, you know, Great Britain is responsible for 1% of the carbon emissions. The real problem, and this is where it gets really dicey, is India, China, Africa. So because, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, they're like a large percentages, at least from the numbers that I was getting. And that's mostly in um, production, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but those countries, just like, let's take it back to recycling really okay, quick. Yeah, sure. They say, oh, China, Indonesia, this area, like these areas, they put out the most plastic into the rivers, into the ocean, right? If you go there and you look at the plastic that's there, a lot, most of it is not plastic that's sold in Asia. That's the trash that we sent over there. Which so is what you were just the talking production, about. The production, the production, all that environmental damage that's done in these other countries is done on our behalf. It's so that I can have a Tesla. It's so that I can have an iPhone or the Nikes that I'm wearing that uh, kind of sucks, but they were probably made by a child somewhere. And like, I get to wear them on my feet because I think they look cool. And like, that's kind of, if you're looking at the emissions of another country without thinking about how much of those emissions are because of what I buy here, it's, I don't think it's a fair assessment of that country's output. Okay, no, that's a good way to look at it. I didn't know that part. Well, no, most people don't know. Because First of all, you, your shoes that, look cool, that, by the way. Well, thank you. Thank you. Let's but, not, I'm but not like, pointing like the every problem, <laughs> it's, that, it's the iceberg. You see the tip, and the tip is really easy to understand. You scratch a little bit, you go a little bit deeper. It's harder and harder to understand these things that are tangibly real they just don't really fit in with what I see because all I can see is that thing on the top. So like with litter, 
I started, I don't even use the word litter. First of all, I've, I've maybe used it twice already today because it's weird to talk about this without saying the word. But if you look at my page, it's almost nowhere because litter has that connotation of it was this person, it was that person. We don't like that. But regardless, oh shoot, I lost my train of thought. Gosh darn it. Where was I going? What oh, we... I thought that was part of your breakdown. Sorry, it, it almost <laughs> was. What, what, remind me again. I'm sorry. Well, you're got... talking about you don't use the word litter. because you... Right before that, because that's what derailed me. Iceberg, you, you see. You know, exactly. You so when I first started picking up trash, I was like, oh, it's in my water. I don't like to look at it. That's step one. You know, the real harm is now the animals are eating this stuff. The animals are getting hurt by this stuff. It's de- And then you're like, oh, shoot, that stinks. I see the video of a turtle with its straw up its nose. You go one step deeper, you're like, if it's not good for these animals to be eating this, and I keep hearing about there's plastic particles in my lungs from the air I breathe, there's plastic particles particles in my blood from the food that I eat, like, it can't be good for me either. So you scratch all the way down, and the little kid on Earth Day picking up a candy wrapper outside in the park because they don't want there to be trash on the ground, you're, I mean... You're doing for a different reason the same thing now I'm doing obsessed with the fact that this plastic is in my body. The plastic is in – and I don't know how personal we can get. Someone in the room has a newborn. Is that appropriate to talk about on the yeah. – So you have a newborn. They say studies show whatever that means. Your child was probably born with plastic in its body before its first breath, passed by its mother through the placenta they study these placentas. They take them out. They look. There's plastic in the placenta. They haven't directly looked at a baby's blood yet for plastic. That's probably the next step. But this they plastic is... don't want to. You don't want to. I promise you because <laughs> every time we look, look yeah. every time we look, we find it bad. You know, like other places, it's crazy where that we're just going to look for plastic. They tested every... This was like years ago. They tested every water fountain and faucet in the Capitol building and in the White House plastic in every single one of those water sources. If you're not protecting like the highest level of like our government from plastic in our drinking water, there's probably no way they're doing it here in Cleveland or in Flint, Michigan. You know what I mean? Well, Flint, Michigan, they're definitely not. Certainly not. But I mean, but that goes back to kind of what we were talking about in terms of like, so you just scratch a little bit deeper out of mind. Yeah. You know, and we don't know that trying to get someone to talk about that way deeper problem, whether it's the emissions of another country being at least partially my own fault or the plastic litter on the ground, the trash on the ground, it looks bad, it hurts the environment, but also what is this doing to us? And a lot of that plastic comes from trash in the environment, but it comes just from the stuff that we buy. Like I said, I mean, if you're wearing something polyester, you're breathing in tiny little plastic particles every time you, you know, maybe scrunch your shirt too hard or whatever that is, washing your clothes for sure. Lint in your dryer is just 90% of it, depending on what your clothes are made out of. That's all just plastic. And like, that's crazy. That's in my air. That's in, you know, it, it, it almost becomes hard to think about. So you got to make jokes. You got to laugh. Otherwise this stuff is, it can be crushing. Oh yeah. Well, you know? Okay. So let's backtrack a little bit. Go back to the actual, you know, is it even good to recycle? So you have two choices. You can recycle or you cannot recycle. What do you, if those are the only two, what, what do you think? What do you pick? So personally, um, do I still recycle? I definitely recycle anything glass that I can. Glass is, is like fairly it, the recycling industry for it is fairly good and we can recycle. But honestly, you might be better off if you're looking at your own physical carbon footprint, which I think is also a little bit of a scam, but you might you might be better off just throwing that piece of glass out on the beach for it to turn into sand again in a billion years using like no energy. Or you could send it somewhere to get melted down and whatever. So like 
if but the real problem with recycling is whether whether or not doing it physically is good for the environment when it's being done it gives us that false sense of security that like it's just okay that all this stuff is made of plastic all the billions of plastic bottles that are made every day it's kind of okay because don't worry if in a perfect world these are all getting recycled so i'm not going to worry about it. i know i put all my stuff in the recycling bin but you also got to know that that's not a portal to a place where it just gets turned into another bottle. You know, much of most of what you put in that bin is not actually going to be turned into another product. Best case scenario, it's burned for fuel. So, you know, and like, so in, in another country, in another country yeah. typically, but they're trying to bring that to the United States. So there are a lot of, there's a lot of greenwashing going on where they're trying to make this thing that we've proven over and over. Cause some countries do it and they've claimed that it's been nice and clean and then they get, you know, unbiased uh, outside uh, testing co that comes in is like, well, you said you were capturing like 33% of these emissions, but we're only getting 7%. So like, is it cleaner than not having this apparatus attached to a scrubber, a clean whatever? Yes, but it's better to not do this. This is not a good solution. We can't definitely can't recycle our way out of the plastics problem. And so they're trying to bring that to our country by saying, hey, Chemical recycling, where they burn it with chemicals, or incineration or burning, these are green options. These are recycling. Can't You should not be able to call it recycling if the American public believes what recycling is, is I took this and I turned it into another product that I could buy, so no more new plastic had to be made. What, okay, so you just right? said incineration is green, but people don't – like, I didn't think that. How is incineration You don't when green? you hear this, but if I'm a – person who makes a billion dollars a year running a plastics incinerator i'm gonna have all the jargon all the ways to try to say hey look no it's so good it's this it's that compared to this or that it's oh i'm this sorry that. i misunderstood you know what i mean okay. they they want you to believe that it's green so they're going to present it as green just like an ev it's presented as the green option but the greener option is to take your old smoky cadillac from 1974 and learn how to fix it so that no new car has to be made keep what you have lasting a long time, treat it well, and you won't have those things. But if they're making a car that falls apart in a hundred thousand, less than a hundred thousand miles, because they know we'll just go buy a new one in another year, planned obsolescence, another like great way to make a lot of money, not great for the environment, but it's like, you know, they present these things as green when you know, they're not the, the cobalt mining and lithium mining yeah. for those batteries. It makes them a lot less green of an option. If you're like, I have a brand new car that's just fine or it's three years old or whatever, but I want a new one. Do I get gas or electric? That's kind of a false choice when both of those are not as good as just keeping the car you had. And that's the current debate that literally everyone, I, I went through this last year. I had a car that was paid off and, you know, it, it's it's kind of funny we were talking about this because I was joking around with someone a couple of weeks ago about about the, 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 the status of like, because you can almost relate to the work home, working from home that a lot of people are doing now, um, is we had to get a new car. Because my wife, and she was right, my wife was like, look, we got a baby coming. I understand this car works fine. It hasn't had any problems. We don't drive a lot. We can't have a car that has 130, 140,000 miles. We had a baby. We got a new car. Yeah. I'm like, all right, makes sense. Yep. So we got a hybrid. So it was a little disheartening because I went in to buy this hybrid and actually didn't know what it was. Uh, I thought it was something completely different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like how hybrid systems work? Didn't understand. Oh, okay. I do I'm now. A big, I'm a, this, I shouldn't say on microphone, but I'm a big car guy. I And I, my brother and his wife actually both drive Priuses, and they're some of the best cars you can buy. Yeah. They're amazing. And that's in Priuses are great. 
how many people can really, percentage-wise, how many people in the percentage-wise can actually afford a Prius? A lot more than can afford a $100,000 Tesla. There you go. <laughs> you know, well, exactly. that's kind of what you I You know, mean. exactly. So, but so as early adopters, like if you were in a position where you were like, I do need a new car today. I have this baby on the way. I need a new car. Can I get the minivan that is EV or can I get the minivan that's gas? If you lived in a place where there was infrastructure already in place where you could charge it and it made sense for you or if you were even lucky enough to be able to install the fairly simple chargers at home which we look that, like, at boom, yeah you know they're not too bad and then so now you are paving the way you're taking a sacrifice whether it's you're paying a little bit more for a new ev then hopefully someone will down the road if we can early adopt some of these things that are yeah. awkward and hard or expensive if you're the early adopter and you can test out the lemon to make it so that now instead of only making a hundred thousand dollar car they can make a $25,000 EV in a couple of years. And because enough people bought these expensive new ones that are a little bit buggy, we now have the right chargers for them. We have this, we have that. None of that can come if there's not people just willing to be like, I'll take that leap of faith. I'll be that early adopter. I'm going to go out and buy that Tesla, even though I know there's nowhere around here that I can charge it because it fits. I can kind of fit it into my life. So I can make the sacrifices to do that. You know what I mean? And that's why I kind of related it to like the, the, the remote work from home is because I think more and more people can, whether they're doing it for that reason or not. And so now when we had, we had COVID, we had lockdown. Right. That is like the first time most people ever even knew work from home was a thing. Yeah. But like Zoom already existed. It got way bigger because of the COVID. It got fucking Right? After and that, so yeah. like, but all these things were already kind of in place because there were these early adopters. There were these companies that were like, I can't really afford a, office for all my workers. It's just cheaper for me to let them work from home. Totally. And then they find out, oh, you're just as productive. You might even be more productive. You're this, you're that. If those people hadn't take the risk before Zoom, when you were just using Slack chat or like what some what, something else that might not be as good, I don't know. No offense to anyone that loves Slack or whatever. But like if you didn't have those people who were doing it before it was necessary, all of us that went into a hybrid work environment or a work from home so seamlessly compared to if all those early adopters hadn't been there to pave that way, yeah. right? Bosses wouldn't even have known what to do yeah. with their employees if that wasn't already a pretty common thing in certain industries and certain parts of the world. So just like um, yeah. we just saw the and if you're union a conspiracy theorist, I, holy I'm shit, wrap your head around theory. that. I'm, I, I, I hate all to of say a sudden, it, but Zoom like, and Slack, I, I'm not even fucking about. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but you're the, good. But because you're talking about this, and this is kind of what my what my 2019 end of early 2020 was, was there was a guy at the company that I was working for at the time that was a pretty heavy investor, possibly even a board member of Slack and Zoom. Oh, interesting. And holy shit. <laughs> you, know? you know? And like, so work from home for like people like me was more of like a luxury that they would award you. Like, hey, you can work from home one day a week. So long right, as right, right. doesn't go down. But you're right. Everyone kind of had to figure that out because there were places – I was working for a place that had three floors in a big building in downtown Cleveland. And I know people that still work there and they're like, we're never going back to work. Yeah, why would you? Because like, they're a, just like, why would – we don't need that overhead. No. They're like, look at how much money we can save. Yeah, we as can, an employer, I don't understand why you would no. want your people – if you can't trust your employee to do the job that you hired them to do – whether or not you're standing over their shoulder, you probably hired the wrong person. It did. You did for sure. And, and, and it happened with, 
a couple things happened with it. Like one, some jobs became obsolete and, and to be honest, kind of in a good way. So when you're when you're like an office director that was overseeing a team in the office, it kind of made sense. You could actually you could make yourself look like that you were actually doing something that you weren't really doing. When remote happened, turns out we didn't need that person. There was like this layer of manager that everyone's like, we don't need that. Per- How did we not know we never needed that person? Right. We never did. They don't do anything. And um, the other thing that it did is it showed people that when they we forced them to work from home, it's like we did, our business has just have to adapt. Oh right? yeah, That's and it. like so we're looking now at, it's impossible. We're staring down the barrel of a four day work week in this country, and a lot of that is thanks to the UAW, the auto workers that were just on strike, or yeah, I think they might have just very recently come to some kind of agreement, but heavy in their not demands, what they would like to see, you know, be adequate working conditions for them was a four day work week. And don't, you're not docking our pay. And I promise you, you guys are going to be able to figure this out because it's already popular in other countries. It's already been early adopted by these other countries. We just don't think like that in this country because I mean, it's not in our news. They're not, that would be tougher. You know, they're not, they're not putting, they're not talking about the fact that these systems that might not be great for these massive corporations already work other places. They're like, oh no, that could never work. But it's like, well, if you just read about like what they do in some of these other countries, it it works for them. So we could probably figure that out. Yeah. So the remote work had to work because it was forced upon us. The four day work week is going to be a lot harder. Um, Oh, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. But I'd like, be, I'd be, nothing I, was. I mean, the five-day work week probably wasn't easy for these people, but yeah, we didn't yeah. have that until unions stepped up and said, we're not going to work seven days a week. We're not going to work 18 hours a day. It's going to be eight hours. I'm If I'm more than that, it's overtime, and it's going to be five days a week. If it's more than that, it's overtime. We didn't have that until unions demanded it. Yeah. And they looked at it the same way. They said, that's crazy. That's never going to work here. Could you imagine now if half the jobs that you've had in your life, you had to work seven days a week or you oh, had yeah. to work 18 hours a day? No, 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 not at all. me the, neither. Uh, but that was the, that was commonplace not that long ago in this country. Yeah. And that's radical it, ideas seem radical until with hindsight. <laughs> see, and, and I don't think it's a radical idea because I know it does work in other places, but like, it's almost like the Bernie Sanders effect. The Bernie Sanders plan makes sense if we're all in Norway. Or something like that. It's a great day one go forward if we're starting everything yeah. out. It's we don't we're not starting for it. We're going backwards and then correcting everything. And the reason that the and I don't know if you've ever worked on the corporate side of things. I have. I still do. Yeah. The problem with especially right now, like if you go on like a LinkedIn or like an Indeed, there's two types of people that are on LinkedIn and they're being laid off or they can't find people to work. That's it. That's yep. all there is. Yep. Companies are like, we can't hire people fast enough. We need work. We have work. We have this. We have this. Other places are laying people off left and right because no one's still, we're still not figured out what happened in March of 2020. Right. Um, and biz- some businesses, honestly, they're just going to go away. Jobs are going to go away. And like, sometimes that's okay. Like, I mean, it really stinks that like someone lost their job and like, hopefully their family is not like in a I, place where it's bad, it's harder for them to exist well. But like if your job, just kind of no offense to the office managers of the world, but you said like work from home eliminated the need for an office manager. Yeah. Your job can become obsolete. There's a nut, you can find something Quickly. else. You could do this or like whatever. Like, I mean, imagine, just imagine thinking, you know, 
when we were just farmers in this country, thinking about what an office manager might be. You can't have that idea because there's so many steps in between that don't make any sense. Like we're looking at, you lost a job today in 2023. The job you have in 2026 might not be a thing that exists today in 2023. Stuff moves so fast that like you can't tell, you might, you know, that that was like a big thing back there. Cut the coal mines. What are these coal miners going to do? You're going to teach them to code? Well, it's like, now oh, we have yeah, too many coders. Was, you know was, what I mean? So it's like the, so the learn to code hashtag joke. You know, and so and yeah, yeah, but like that. you don't even you don't know what the job that this person is gonna be fully capable of doing in the near future because that job just literally might not exist yet. It's a fun I, I don't remember where I heard this analogy, but it's it, it was so funny when I heard it. And it's funny when I think about it because we're talking about, you know, just new radical ideas. Cause and we were talking about, you know, like baseball. What if baseball did not exist and then someone came to you and tried to say, I have this idea for a game and they explain it to you? You'd be like, That's the dumbest fucking yeah, idea no, I've ever heard in my life. You want nine people to stand around at the off chance that this other guy also might hit the ball in their general direction. Right. And if you <laughs> think if you really think about what baseball was when it was first invented, oh. the rules were way more bonkers so oh, like yeah, yeah. it would have been even harder to yeah. like that's with 125 years of refining those yeah, rules yeah. has done in the game still is a little rough sometimes it's but, still pretty hard to watch you know? thank god there's alcohol <laughs> unfortunately that alcohol comes in plastic containers and the reason it comes in plastic containers because it can't be in glass bottles because we're all drunk and assholes and they throw them at each well, other well yeah that's true too you know but, <laughs> same thing with basketball right it was so, a peach basket so, you know oh, i mean that's what happens um and like plastic is plastic the only thing in the world that could it could function like a bottle that's not because like yeah glass is a pain in the butt for a lot of things because it's going to lead to some you know pop tires on your roads and like things like that because it's inevitably going to end up sharpening the environment right so like what if i introduced a, a what if i tried to convince you of a world where littering is encouraged okay because like i do think that there might be appropriate times to litter and like, or what we consider litter. So I think it's all material sciences. It's what is this made out of is the real problem. Like I said, it doesn't look good in the environment, but like that's step one to the problems with our plastic, right? right. That's like the very base level problem with plastics. If that thing was made out of, say it was made out of like a corn, a, a material that's plastic like that's made out of like cornstarch or something like this. So we, we've developed things like this. They're not perfect yet, but you can use like a corn to make sort of a plastic-like thing. And if it's made in a region for a region, that plastic, that plastic-like material made of corn could be embedded with wildflowers native to the region that that's going to be sold. Now the worst thing that happens with that bottle is it ends up on the ground. Most of it deteriorates away within two weeks or so, being in the sun, being wherever uh, uh, left to the elements. And then seven days after that, you've got some native wildflowers with a little bee on top of them. Then you could be like, oh, like that spot might actually be better because I littered that yeah. bottle there. The real problem. That's where I got drunk like two weeks ago. <laughs> there you go. You know, and you could commemorate that. Yeah. You know? And so like the, the real problem is what the stuff is made out of. Yeah. Realistic to me anyways. So I think it's a material sciences issue. If you change you know, glass isn't perfect. It has really good uses. Silicone isn't perfect. It has really good uses. Aluminum cans, not perfect. They have really good. These things can function together. We don't need everything in our lives basically to be made out of plastic. Yeah. And I, I agree. It's definitely a material. I, I personally, I think it's more of a people discussion. Um, 
I, well, I think any problem is more of a people discussion. Well, see, I'll say if you look past the people, it's actually, and it's not, it's not even a material science issue. It's a money thing. The most powerful corporations on the planet, the richest people, the richest nations, they're oil barons, right? They're, yeah. they're, you know, they're petrochemical companies. They're the ones in charge of giving us, getting crude oil out of the earth and giving us burning fuels, right? Yeah. Their waste product, like we said, this thing that, you know, they used to just dump it in the ocean. They've always had this problem. They used to dump it in the ocean. And when people found out about that, we made laws against it. They're not allowed to do it. They then had to find, like I said earlier, an economical or ecological way to get rid of their problem. They can't find an ecological way. It's no, There's nowhere to put it that's safe to just dump it, right? And economically, if you were to like, what are we going to do? Make Build a giant dome in part of the ocean to fill with our oil and trap it? That's not going to – it's going to cost you too much money and it's not going to work. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. The only – and even like recycling. Recycling doesn't work. Most plastics could be recycled. The problem is, is there's no economy for them. It's either too expensive to do or there's no one to buy that plastic because it sucks anyways when it's done. So the real problem is the money. Where is for plastic, which like we basically see as free because we almost never pay for like plastic, raw plastic. You're buying a product We're and it comes with that packaging, comes like whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So like we don't really see the cost of the plastic. And a lot of that is because the cost of plastic is negligible because it's the way for these massive corporations to get rid of their waste product that they have no other way to do it. So if we were for if we forced them to do something else with it except for sell it back to us, they'd kind of be screwed. You know, like and but on that note, I do believe that like these companies are really smart. They hire the best scientists in the world to do stuff. Coca-Cola probably already holds the solution to the packaging problem because they know at some point, whether it's political pressure or economic pressure, whatever it is, there's going to be a day where plastic is not going to be as profitable for them as it is currently. So they got to hedge their bets. Right? And so they're doing that currently with the oil and gas. They know that even though it's really not that much better for the environment currently to go buy a brand new Tesla or electric car, it looks like it. And because of that, they know people are going to eventually stop using as much fuel. So they have to cover that profit. So they're hedging their bets by attempting to make, I think their numbers from them is triple the amount of plastic in the next 20 years. So like, triple what we make now every year exponentially for the next, you know, however many years. And that's the way they've continued. They've grown from the start. So like they're, they're going to kind of offset when it finally kind of starts the, when the downturn, you know, starts. and then look at the, look at when we do get laws and stuff. What do they bans? When we get plastic bans, they're for straws, which nobody pays for. They're plastic bags that nobody pays for. No one is calling for a ban on plastic bottles, you know, like, no, because we buy those things. We're given a straw. We're given the lid to the coffee, the bands on the lids for the coffee. Those are things that you're given. There's not a lot of economy from the consumer perspective or from the consumer position to those. The straw one was funny uh, because of what happened. And, and obviously it's not still really a thing. I mean, it is a thing, but all these places are like, now nah, we got these paper straws now. And everyone's just like good for you and then we try them and they're like this sucks. terrible yeah <laughs> and so like but that's but, why i think it comes the like to the real people thing. and yeah. so like now a lot of places just don't give you a straw yes. unless you ask yes that's the, actually the economical solution for them I, and it's the environmental one yeah. but nobody wants to hear buying less stuff is good yeah. that's just not how our country runs right well, and i think again that's why it's like the people whether it's the people in charge or the, i i think that the 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 
we joked around about it at the beginning. I think the when you tell someone something like this, and this will make sense to any sane person that has a, a you know a high school degree or maybe not even a high school degree. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Everything you're saying, it's not what's happening during the explanation. It's what's happening an hour after it or a day after it oh, or yeah. a week after it. It's you go back to the world that's already built for you, which is very much built around these things that are a convenience and also a humongous yeah. detriment. But, but so we're now just not a, we're, we're all the tip of the iceberg people. Right. So now I don't want to take Coca-Cola away from you. Like, let's say you love your daily bottle of Coca-Cola. I don't want to take that away from you. I'm all about my freedoms. Yeah. I don't want you to have what makes you happy. So, instead of buying if we all instead of buying the one because you can get coke in a glass bottle they they sell it basically right next door you know right next to to the plastic ones if all the coca-cola bottles in plastic expired in six weeks or whatever it is because we all only decided to buy the glass ones do you think coca-cola goes out of business in two months quietly hell no they roll out a packaging solution that works like tomorrow, like yesterday, probably. If they even smelled that coming, they'd be doing something to change what they've got going on. So, like, I, I think, like, I don't want to take away the your choice to have Coke, but, like, there's a better option right there that tastes exactly the same, but it's in a different packaging solution. So, like, if we just kind of stopped buying some of the stuff that's made of plastic, they might not be pumping it out quite as much. Yeah. You know? And, like, sometimes I even use it as a crutch. I don't want to buy something... And I'm like, no, too bad for the environment. I'm not going to buy that. I'll save my money. And that's better for me either way, whether it was a crutch or not. It was better for the environment for me to not buy that meaningless thing that I actually didn't need. It was probably better for my health, too. And definitely better for my wallet. How big do you think it is of the... uh, um, Think about how many people drink coffee every single day. How how big of it do you think it is? Like, if you go... I mean, we're in Lakewood. And one of the things that I do love about Lakewood so much... There are seven really good coffee shops in this place, and I really like it a lot. Yeah, because I have all these different options. So you can go to. I love caffeine. You know, I like Rising Star. You know, I like Roasted. I like Phoenix. I like Bruel. I love them all. I think they're great. Hell yeah. Um, but just people not taking the glasses or the cups or the plastics up just from a coffee and I'm just I'm not picking on coffee I'm just yeah. cuz it's such a normal thing that everyone oh, does. Yeah. It's ubiquitous. Just if everyone just bought their own, you know, kind of coffee mug and just always took it with them. Yep. That's that's the Wouldn't thing. that be rad? Yeah. And like I mean, shout out to Larder in I don't know if you're familiar with Larder in Hingetown down there. Like one best chicken sandwich in Cleveland, I promise you, but also I think, I'm pretty sure you get a little discount if you bring in your own Tupperware to take away. So if they don't have to put it in their thing and it's First of all, it's saving them money because they're not they have to buy less of the little takeaway things. I did but not you also, know that. There's there's some companies out there that like think like that. And like Jeremy from Larder is one of them. He he's he's a really good dude. And, and a big part of that is because he's so connected to the environment. He uses, you know, he's a big forager. He's like big into going out into the forest and finding the right mushrooms, whatever, like catching row for, you know, from these rainbow trout. Like he loves to connect his food to the most basic place where it came from, you know? And, like, knowing where your food came from is kind of important, and people don't do any of that anymore. And, like, so he's he cares about the planet. He cares about his people. And if he, you can, if he can give you 10% off because you brought in your Tupperware, that's something that, like, I mean, does it save the world? No, but, like, me and you just talked about it. And it's, like, a thing that, like, so many, every 
restaurant could be doing something well, you, like that. You 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 gave it to me in a way similar, but it's it's the Daily Show analogy because you applied it to something that I love, which is chicken sandwiches. There you go, man. I'm not me gonna too. You and me now. both. I'm not going to forget. And it like, now. if you haven't had that chicken sandwich, you don't no, even I know haven't. that you love chicken sandwiches. And I love. Yet. Uh, it's so good. I, and I love. Hin- I think Hinchtown is one of the best areas in the city. You and me I, both. I love Jukebox, that place. Uh, like you know, I love, I, love I love Jukebox. I love, I love Alex from Jukebox. He's... Alex was a guest here. I did oh, a live really? show. Oh, nice. yeah. Alex I missed that episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was probably like a year and a half ago. But uh, I did a live show there in March. Oh, I, awesome. I love Jukebox. You and me both. Always have, always That's will. my favorite bar in Cleveland. That's and it's real close to my favorite chicken sandwich in Cleveland. That so. is a, 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 no fucking about it. I think that was the, that's easily one of the first places I went to when we moved here. And that good, that's good one choice. of the reasons that I love um, that area is because in the nine years that I've lived up in Cleveland, that's changed the most. I love what they're putting. And I, I've talked to so many people like I've. You know, Rachel at Shore Society, she came on. Alex obviously came on. You know, Andrea over at Harness came on. I just had, um, uh, 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 oh, fucking shit. I just blanked on her name. Such an asshole. Uh, from Patron Saint, she just came on. And it's just, it's, I just love that area. Oh, yeah, it's great. I I think, I think, uh, from where Hingetown is, like by Jukebox, all the way down to like XYZ. Oh, yeah. That might be the best strip of restaurants and bars. There's a whole lot, there's a whole lot to do down there. So you have much to walk great too stuff. Far, I so. love that. I do love that area. And that's a Cleveland person rules, that really man. loves Lakewood, man. Oh, yeah. I love Lakewood and it's hard for me to leave here because I love it so much. But if I do, that's my I feel first you. choice. But that's one of the nice parts about living in Lakewood is you're not that far from you're 10 minutes from you know, everything. There you go. We are 10 minutes from Tremont. We go. are 10 minutes from Ohio City. We're 10 minutes from Gordon Square. Oh, it's yeah. the best, man. You can't beat it. That's a, but I mean, that's a, that's an amazing thing to know. And again, I'm not gonna forget that, right? Which is and like, so here's another one. Okay. There's multiple places in this city where you can bring your own, and this might not save you money right off the bat. You can bring your own containers for any soap you want. You know, you can you can go to there's soap refilleries here. They have bulk soap, plenty of different scents. I did not know for, that at all. For your washing your dog, to washing your floor, to washing your bed sheets, to washing your newborn baby's hair, they've got a soap. That you, and you bring your own bottle, and then they weigh it. You pay, you go. You bring back the bottle. I did not know that. And at you know all. what sucks is that like this stuff seems so foreign to us, but this is the way it was not that long ago, before plastic was ubiquitous, before everything we bought we were supposed to throw away. Like I mean, plastic has only been a, a consumer product for like less than a hundred years. So like my grandparents lived in a world where like. There was basically no plastic for them to buy. My mom has told me the story of like when she had her first bottle of water, like plastic bottle of water. She was like, this is not a thing that's ever happened. And then one time we're wherever some amusement park that I had never heard of. She was like, and they had plastic water bottles and we couldn't believe it. I was like, that's crazy. Cause like you walk into most people's homes and there's 200 plastic water bottles stacked up by the garage door. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's just, we normal... just need to look. If you want to solve a lot of these problems, you just look back to right before they were a problem. What were we doing? And in some cases, not, you don't have to look that far back. You don't have to look that far back. It's wild. Classic's one of them. And like, yeah. it's so scary. And like, we don't know, again, in that same vein, we don't really know what this stuff is doing to our bodies. We're getting a lot better idea now that independent scientists are being able to be funded to check some of this stuff because all that research was done by petrochemical companies the people who make the this ones stuff. who can be like hey it's fine you know and and just like you know with our our issues with carbon and stuff exxon mobile all of our data that we've had for the last 40 years we knew 40 years ago because of the same study done by exxon like that the, the the biggest polluters did this their own studies and we're like oh yeah this is gonna be rough 
And then they went ahead and did it anyways, telling us the whole time and even to this day a lot, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. Even though we knew 60, 70 years ago, we were jacking some stuff up. We had what was like lead. Lead was everywhere. We still suffer the consequences of lead now. We've known lead was poisonous back to Rome. The Romans knew lead was poisonous. We've known for our basically our entire lives that that thing kills you. But if you put it in everything and it makes some people a lot of money, you can just put it in everything and just deal with the consequences later. I mean, my fear is that plastic, we look at plastic in 20 years the way we looked at lead in the 80s and 90s. If there's a market and there's money, you'd be surprised oh, what, it'll we sell. Can, what we can, one, get away with and what we're okay with. And like getting away with it is how do you get away with it? Like every time one of these, I mean, oil spills, like just take that. How do you keep getting away with this? It's like the most detrimental thing you can do keep happening? <laughs> because all we do to them is slap a very small fine compared to their profit revenue it's, it's not nothing so why not flip, yeah. why spend all this money to redo our infrastructure to make sure that this doesn't happen when i could just keep handing out a nickel every time i mess up an entire coastline for 300 years you know and well, so there's countries where i i, I love this uh idea in things being punishable by a proportion of your money in some countries if you get a speeding ticket that's a percentage of your yearly wage. So if I get caught going 20 miles an hour over the speed limit, but I make $50,000 a year, my speed limit, my ticket might cost me five bucks. If you make $100,000 a year, yours costs 10 bucks. If you make a billion dollars a year, oh, yours costs okay. a couple million because they want that to be proportional to how it affects you because a punishment doesn't do anything if it doesn't actually punish you if you can just yeah if a rich person a new gets law, in trouble and their bills five hundred thousand dollars to you it means and I, it's crippling to them you know exactly i got that in my wallet exactly yeah. that's pocket change so that's a but and that's a but that would be well maybe, no maybe not that one that wouldn't be like viewed as radical i think now because people are all about taxing the rich and that i think that falls in the same category but which that have, like yeah. how hard was that to talk about 10 years ago. I mean, like you, you literally, oh, yeah. you, the, the term like, and I'm, I'm not even scared to say it on your podcast for you, for your algorithm, but class warfare is like an unspoken thing. Like, and I don't mean chopping off people's heads, Mary Antoinette yeah. style or whatever, but like you, the idea that a billionaire should pay more for his speeding ticket than I do, even though we did the same thing that you couldn't even talk about that 10 years ago. You know, like there's really famous clips of like, Everyone, oh, Obama ruined his career by saying the word class warfare on or class war on TV. He was like, we do not say that. That is not a thing that we talk about. And it's like, just be, who does that protect? Well, like, I mean, and, and, that, well, and that, that comes with, I, I think, also the, the, the change over time and the change because now the, I don't think it's an issue at all. People love to say that. People bring that up. Some when people. Apply. Some people. Oh, I know some, some people, people don't like it. Other but I mean, people, that's but like it's, a gut-wrenching, oh, I'm going to judge that person just for even saying that. Well, and that's what I mean in terms of like that's something that it, it get. The reason that I think that that has become a problem now is not because of the discussion itself. It's because we apply it no matter what. <laughs> well, you can't we, control we, how dumb some people are that are just going to spout ideas, especially on the internet. Oh, my God. It's if so every If every um, opinion I held true that I saw on the internet made by someone who doesn't understand what they're saying, if I had to disavow that idea yeah. because the person who said it was 
dumb yeah. or didn't know or said it wrong or has just no idea what they're actually what they mean. They just read it somewhere else and are regurgitating it, and it didn't even apply. I'm not gonna. You know, it's, it's it doesn't make it a bad idea just because a lot of people are dumb. No, I <laughs> you I, know? Com- I completely agree with that. Like the the one that's I mean, it's impossible to like the thing that's going on between Gaza and Israel right now, a word that everyone is throwing around. And this isn't a taken on either side, but the word apartheid has been obviously thrown around oh, yeah. a lot. No one knows what that means. Oh yeah, I promise you. Yeah. Eight out of ten people that use that word today don't, don't know actually. what it means. Yeah, if you but compared they hear to the it, definition, they you hear know what it, it means like culturally. It kind of applies to what we're talking about. You know about. what it means culturally. Yes, yes. I know yeah, that yeah, I yeah. can say it in this conversation and it applies. But if you ask me what it meant, I have no fucking idea. But there's <laughs> and there's it would be far harder for someone to get out all of the things that they feel that apply to that word yes. that don't actually meet the definition, but it. Fits in that, that would cuts. happen under this. That would be a part of this thing. That if it was actually happening, these things would also fall under that. And that's like then, the class warfare, where it just the word cuts in pretty quickly. Yeah, you know, and like it's funny. I was watching, um, you know, I don't know some some clip of something, and they're talking about this, and the guy's explaining, oh, like what do you, th- how do you think we should have went about making this decision in the government? And he's like, well, I think this, and I think that, and I think that, and they're like, hey, like that's communism or like what that's like the the tenets of communism or whatever and the guy's like don't ever say that to me again and it was like oh it was like about like i don't know it was something that he really cared about it was like whatever his thing was whether saving a dog or whatever it was they were like you know whatever it was that he was he and he was like yeah that's really good idea i think that's the way it should be that's what and they're like hey this is just that thing that you don't actually understand but you have a guttural instinct against the word and they're like well we'll change the word like call it something else i'm not comfortable with that and it's like well those are a lot of the same people who aren't comfortable changing what they call other things. You know, we just had a big one in the birding world. I'm not a huge birder, but like, I don't, I, we talked a little, a little joke about how much we love conspiracy theories. I love conspiracy theories. Birds aren't real. Hands down. They're government drones. Can't convince me otherwise. Oh, that's the funniest. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. That's like, the best I don't one. actually believe it, but like, you know, am I going to buy like my friend who's a getting her doctorate in ornithology? Like, am I going to buy her a shirt that says birds aren't real? Absolutely. You know, so, yeah. and like, am I going to make all those jokes? But, you know, where, where was I going? Am I going to go to my mom's house and refer to that thing outside as a drone feeder? Yeah. Because yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah. Because it's, it's hilarious, <laughs> you know? And like, but like the, and I, man, I off, I got myself off my train of thought. Again. It's so easy to so, do because I'm not really helpful no, either. But it's okay. I'll, but, you I'll, know, I'll push you I mean, off. B- the top. Bottom line, whatever we were talking about is it's not as important as birds aren't real. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, but. Well, but I mean, that's a, that I, I do think, look, this is. Th- this topic, you know, the the, the plastics, the environment, it's it's a it's a hundred percent a big topic, and I, I think most people would agree. I think most same people yeah. are like, hey, climate, you know, pollution, all these things that important. Like, oh, it's very very important. But that is kind of the extent in which we'll, we'll go, or, or really yeah. we'll know. And that's look, I'm, and that's not slamming anyone or or, or you know coming down on anyone who's who's not more informed you know unfortunately we're just we're pretty central creatures we're I mean, like we, i gotta deal with my shit today everyone's got their own things that they worry yes. about like yes. every, and everyone's got their thing that like they know like even the dumbest person you know knows some stuff that the smartest person you know doesn't yes you know so like you're worried about your own thing you know your own things you can't know everything so like don't ever feel bad that like your idea that you just didn't know was not right. No, like that's, I don't think so. You know, but so many people, you can't handle that. And like, that's, I think that's ingrained into our culture. Like is, I love learning shit like that. You and me day. both, man. I love being wrong. Like, I mean, it never happens. I'm always right. No, I'm just Obviously. kidding. But like, I have a very but, similar personality. I, I, I bet, never you know, like that's why we get along. But and, I, I do. I, I do. I love, I love learning. I mean, it, 
like little smaller stuff, like the larder bringing them out. So I love hearing stuff like that. Oh yeah. I also didn't know, like I knew about, I do parts. I knew about like the carbon emissions in other countries, but I didn't know that technically you can trace that back to us sending them over where it's coming. I didn't know that part. Yep. And now I'm never going to forget that. Right. I, 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 Honestly, man, that's one of the core things about doing this oh, podcast. I bet, man. I, like I said, I the was amount jer- of stuff that I've learned on here from people that do, and that's why I have other people come on every single week. So I like, have a background in journalism, and that was my favorite thing about it is like getting to know someone else's story. I get to learn. It's like reading an encyclopedia over the course of a year of just like random stuff that is important that I had no idea was yes, going on. Yes, it's great. And, so. and people know them. They've already done the research for you. So, and... I'm sure people have come on here and lied, but a lot of people that come on here, like when they're saying, I'm like, I feel like you've done your research and oh, yeah. you'd certainly know more than I do. My favorite one still, cause it's very applicable to what's been going on the last like couple of years is my friend, Ken Schneck. He writes for the, uh, he's the, the creator editor of the, the Buckeye flame. They do a lot of LGBTQ, you know, kind of news and things. Yeah. And what, what is the biggest thing that's been happening the last couple of years? Yeah. Trans kids in sports in schools. Right. And we were talking about this. Now, anyone that that watch it has social media that watches the news. You would think up. that there were 300 trans kids going to every school every day taking Absolutely. over women's sports. He's like, no, there's six. There's six in Ohio. Right. There's nearly 12 million people in Ohio. We're passing all these laws. We're having all these discussions. We're wasting all this money. About six kids. Not six kids that are going to go to the Olympics and take right. a gold medal from your daughter. But so now, what makes those six people so prevalent in the zeitgeist, like in our culture? I I think it's a distraction. Perfectly, it is. If I'm being You're honest, right? And, I think and it's, it's a distraction by like, and shit. it's it it is. I hate to we we sound a little crazy, but like it's the media. It's what they choose to be putting out, and like the new media is our social media algorithms. Like I mean, like I get fed so much more stuff on Instagram that makes me cringe than I agree with because yeah. I spend more time looking at the comments on something uh, that I disagree with than I do with stuff that I do agree with. So they're feeding you stuff that is like the worst parts That's of the Facebook algorithm. Exactly. Like you know, you and like look and that, at something that you hate, you're going to see more of it. Absolutely. I can't, and was like, it the anti-social network that was on Netflix? It was a doc. Yeah. About that. Yeah. I never they, watched it, but they, but they, they really get into that. Oh yeah. And, and I mean, they, I do like, I mean, I, I, as I hate to say it, but like, I have to care about the algorithm to like, keep my stuff growing. Like if I want to have a bigger impact with my organization sharing this information, I think is important. I have to start figuring out how to reach more people on the internet. Yeah, and a big I, part no, of that is just like how to understand what's going on with these insane algorithms that change all the time. Mine change a lot because, it, uh, because of who I actually have on. So like, you know, I have fighters on, I have comics on, I have artists on, I have musicians on, I have, you know, floating garbage on, I have journalists on, I have floating garbage men. I have all these different people on. So mine gets kind of wacky oh, every sure, couple man. of weeks because not that I do a ton of research because I kind of want to get to know people when we talk, but I, then they'll like, you know, I'll go to their page and then I'll flip through their page. And then for that next week, I get a lot of this stuff. I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't know that at all. Right. But the uh, but the thing you're talking about, like going to those comments, things you don't agree about. I don't know if you ever saw the Howard Stern movie, Private Parts. Like, you're, the guy's got to be 30 years old at this point. Yeah. Well, well, you're probably too young I for say, it. I'm probably not familiar, so, but go ahead. The, the movie's about him coming up as you kind of becoming what he became. And the whole thing was like, you know, he was a disruptor, obviously, in the radio realm. And, uh, you know, they were really trying to get rid of him. So they were doing a whole lot of analytics. And I remember this part because I never forgot it. It's one of the, again, it's something that I think is very true to today from a movie that I saw 
30, 25, wherever years ago. And the guy that was doing the analytics for the manager that was trying to out Howard, oust him, just get him out of the fucking, just off the air permanently yeah. for his company. He's like, we need a reason to fire him. And they're like, all right, so the average Stern listener is what? Well, the people that like him, they listen for about 46 minutes. And like, well, okay, great. Well, the people that hate him, they're like, an hour and 20. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, why do they listen to him if they hate him? And I'm like, wow, that is a real thing. And but when I, you realize that, whether whether it's the chicken or the egg, yeah. that is what's going to make you more money. Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. So there it is. You Every know, single like that, day. That's what all these decisions, whether even it's bad for you emotionally or as like a quote unquote as the company, if it's better for the bottom line, that's what you're going to do. Yeah. You know? But- since you like to learn things, I do. I got I got two for you, really quick, because there's they're both my, one sitting next to me, one sitting next to you. Recycling stuff is hard. We're gonna bring it back to recycling really quick. Okay. Recycling stuff is difficult. Like I said, a lot of it becomes too expensive to do. One of the you asked me what I recycle earlier. We talked about glass a little bit. Paper is a little bit tougher, but recycling paper is far more, far easier, and far more economical than plastic. Aluminum cans that we all use. Those are becoming less and less recyclable and less and less valued as recyclable materials because they're actually mixed material. There's a plastic sleeve. Have you do you know this? I knew there's there was a, a plastic sleeve. Oh, you do yeah. know there's a plastic yeah. sleeve. So like that's one that I think gets a lot of people that don't understand. And then you can now see if you realize if you scratch up your tin can, your can of uh, white claw, or you know pop, or whatever no, it is, not whatever. White claw. Don't, don't no, put is that, that not thing? Is that too old? Don't put that I don't out drink, there. I don't drink. So I, uh, I do. In don't my say white in, in my head, that's like a thing people drink is white claw. <laughs> it's a huge thing. Sure, drink, you know, yeah. and uh, but so you know whether it's uh you know a soda or a beer or whatever that can, if you put it in like some Drano, you can take away the can and you are left with. That chemical reaction just leaves you with the plastic bag filled with root beer, whatever your beverage of choice was, and the aluminum's gone. And then you can see, oh, well, if they have to separate the plastic from the aluminum to then, because they don't want plastic in the aluminum, it's going to taint the aluminum that you're making yeah. into whatever the next probably it can, because aluminum is really easy to recycle. But the problem is to separate the plastic from the aluminum, you just burn it off. And like, that's why it's so bad for you, you know? And so like, but yeah, go, but go ahead. I, I think I, it, it's, it's, but it's, it's another way that I learned that the reason I knew that is because I went on a brewery tour when I was in cool. Boston and I saw some of like the, not necessarily assembly lines, but they were kind of showing, Hey, this is how we do this. Yeah. And I was like, wait, wait what's what? that balloon part that yes. gets shot and, and, into and a... it was like a video. I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> yep. what the fuck is that? And then why like, is there a condom that's inside the... my pants? Yes. That's what it looks like. It blows through. I was there, like, like, what a... is that? Cause I like, like some beers, like, uh, like Guinness, Boddington's, they have like a, one of those, uh, I don't know what they're called, but it, it, it kind of traps some of the air. So when you pour it, you have to pour the whole thing. Oh yeah. Out. Like the nitro or whatever. Nitro. That, that was on the bottom. Yeah. And, uh, but I was like, wait a minute because that's what i thought i was like wait a minute that's not i don't taste that i know that's not a nitro right? and then they explained it and like well it's actually there is plastic in the cans i'm like oh and then like well it's actually in most cans and i'm like right i didn't know that but but i never forgot it because of the way that it was delivered to oh me. yeah oh so, yeah there so now here here's one you were real smart on that one i might i might stump you with this one you i'm gonna I'm hand you this smart. i'm gonna hand you this <laughs> Take a look. I know this is a little bit too visual for our podcast listeners, but what do you think? What are you seeing in this jar? I just handed you a jar filled with these little things. It's probably, I don't know, pro, eh, probably close to a thousand in there, maybe 700. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, they look like little, not marbles. They almost look like eggs. 
Yeah, like, like a lentil shape, yeah. like little bead, lentil, yeah. tiny little beads. And they're all pretty much the same size and shape, pretty much the same color, at least fairly. For the most part. There's like For the maybe most like part. Maybe 10 dark colored ones, yeah, but for couple, the most part, they're light tan or white. Yeah. And um, so those are called nurdles. So if you asked me what um, the most common thing that I find, the biggest uh, piece of, the most common thing I find in the river, I find it every day, what do you think that would be? Oh, uh... Probably plastic Probably like bottles or, 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 or candy yeah. wrappers, like a food thing. Yeah. Okay, so there's a lot of plastic bottles out there. I, I've picked up tens of thousands of plastic bottles in my day. This is definitely the the thing that I find the most of in the river. This is the most prolific plastic pollution we have in any waterway, and most people have never heard of it, never seen it. I've got countless, I mean hundreds of thousands of these that I've pulled out of waterways around here. That's called a nurdle. That is the building block of all plastic products. So like the the rim for this microphone made of plastic, you know, it was probably maybe a thousand of those that get melted down, colored whatever color, and then molded into whatever product. If it's your toothbrush, if it's my kayak, my kayak was by weight about two million of those tiny little nurdles to start its life. Those clear plastic nurdles, these little plastic beads little resin pellets that's how we make all plastic products that is the most prevalent piece of trash that i find floating through our river and no one's ever heard of it well, how, well also like something like this how do you even find this because i would think you got to like know a... where to look you okay. got to know how to look too because like i take like i said in my program we take out whether it's just like you and your family and your kid or you know your best friend or we take out your business. If you want the whole, it's a team building exercise. You take out the whole office. We got kayaks for you. We'll take you out there. We'll talk about this stuff. But we also deal with a lot of people who are really connected to the river, like rowing coaches that bring their high school kids out on the kayaks. And, you know, they're they're experiencing the river in a slightly different way than they would if they're practicing for their race for high school, right? Or like, say, you know, um, just take them because that's a really good one. I just had this happen to me not that long ago. A coach for a high school rowing team, I had them out and I showed them those. And I explained to them what they was and I said, I've got, you know, a quarter of a million of these things that I've sorted out of this river, that I've pulled out of this river. He was like, no, you didn't. Like, I'm in this river. I've been in this river four days a week for the last 45 years and I've never seen this. And I'm like, well, here, I'll show you how to find them. I'll show you where to look for them. And then two weeks later, and he's blown away because, I mean, he admits, okay, you didn't just plant these here. Goes oh, home. yeah. No. You know, so it goes home. And then after their next practice, two weeks later, a couple practices later, whatever it is, I get an email. Hey, I cannot stop seeing these nurdles. Like, you've ruined this for me. Like, I, I, cannot, I can't believe that I went from not being able to not see them to going 35 years or whatever it was without ever seeing these in the water. They didn't just start coming. So those get lost both in shipping. Like there's no rules. There's no like regulation that even says that you have to have a lid on the container that those nurdles are being shipped around the country on or on a boat even so that they could be flying off just there in shipping. I think a lot more of them are lost in manufacturing. Like when you are a company that makes kayaks, say, and like I know the company that makes my kayak, Crescent Kayak, they would never let this happen because they're as responsible as you could possibly be, and uh, and they're proud of it. Made here in America, Crescent Kayaks, by the way. And uh, but so blah blah blah. If they're using say a billion nurdles in a in a, a day, like they make you know X number of kayaks, you use however many for a day. If you lose a couple hundred thousand on the ground, 
you can't just pick those up and you, and clean them and put them back into the machine. They're contaminated. They might damage the product or whatever. So it's just easier to sweep them into your drains, which again, Crescent Kayak would never do, but you could theoretically just sweep them into your drains because there's no rules that say you have to have nets on your sewers or uh, screens on your drains in your facility. So most of them are probably lost in the manufacturing process, if not then the shipping, because those are the two ways those get out into the environment. So well, what purpose do they serve? They become every product you've ever used that's made out of plastic. It all starts its life as that. So like, okay. you know, like when we talk about microplastics, you have this water bottle that breaks down into these tiny pieces. Okay, that's sorry. not those. All right. That's the opposite of these. This is what all plastic products start. They're, they're building blocks for plastic. You know, so I mean, what's what's plastic right there? Your, the, the case for your, your earphones. Yeah. Started out as a bunch of those. It gets dyed white. And then extruded or molded or whatever the process they're using to make whatever plastic it's like product. plastic Play-Doh, essentially. Basically, okay. you know, and they get shipped around like that and then they can mold it into whatever. Okay. So every plastic, you know, a water bottle starts its life as 70 to 150 of those, like a, a standard, like, plastic water bottle. Okay. Does that make sense? It does, yes. Um, They're everywhere. Okay. It's just, yeah. They're everywhere. But I can but... see why, I can see why you cannot. I mean, th these are... You're right. There's a couple hundred in here probably, but one singular, they're so small. These are, this is that's a one week fifth of work. the size of a marble. I oh mean, yeah. They're, they're very tiny. small. That's wild. But they're everywhere. And so to an animal, that's a, uh, that's an egg. That's a, you know, this little thing. And when we find like a dead seagull, I, you know, you get, not me personally, I've never cut open a seagull to see how much plastic was in its belly. But like you see these reports online, oh, this like dead seabird. And it decayed and you see all that plastic inside of it, a lot of it is going to be those nurdles, oh. you know? And like, I mean, I promise you, if you're, you can go down, you can probably, we're in Lakewood. You can probably go, you can probably go to the solstice stairs. If you walked around by those rocks, you'd find, you could probably find nurdles tucked in little, the next time I little go. cracks and crevices. <laughs> but like, I mean, if you could definitely go to Edgewater. You go, to, you, you'll find one every day at Edgewater, especially if you walk off the main beach, you'll find them everywhere. They're stuck to all the rocks. They're, they're everywhere, man. And I mean, scientists, I mean, I found all these and I have a quarter million of them that I've found and sorted and cleaned. So, cause I, when I pick them up, typically I'm looking for like little sticks and leaves and stuff that are kind of the same size and weight as those. And then I can take my little net and scoop all that up. That's then I, I dry it out. You, yeah. Then I dry all that out. And then I have to remove all the organic matter by putting it through sifters and a shaker and a blower and all this insanity stuff that I've built to try to sort it all out so I can get just those and weigh those. That's how I count how many there are. It's like I know what 200 of them hand counted weigh. So I have a rough estimate of by weight like what I have. Okay. Well, and that was my question. How do you actually? Because if these, yeah, are I'm not like counting those by hand, of, brother. Oh, oh, I know, no. but I mean, in terms of like the, uh, like, how do you actually pull these out without actually pulling out actual just natural material? Or I do. It all comes even you like know, a lot. Of, so when I first eggs or some shit like right, that, when I what they look like. when I first started, oops, when I first started noticing these nurdles, when I learned about them, and I went out into the river that I had already spent a lot of time working in, and I was like, I've never seen these before. I should go start looking. Boom. I was finding them immediately day one. I didn't, it didn't take me a single day to find them. It was within 20, 30 minutes that I found my first nurdle that I never stopped. And it's like, so it takes a lot of, and I was at that point, I was just doing it by my fingers, like a little pinch, picking out these little things that are, like you said, smaller than a, you know, kernel of corn, a popcorn kernel or something. Yeah. That's actually fairly right size. And, uh, but so 
picking them out one by one. Now I have a little four inch net that makes my life a little bit easier because yeah. I can see them. I know where they're at. Scoop, scoop, scoop. Try to get as little of the other stuff as possible. And then I take all that home and I work on it. I mean, that's wild, man. Yeah, it's insane. That really is. When you, I mean, that, that's one of those things that, you know, it's it's a, it's almost like a hiding in plain sight, you know, yeah. kind of scenario because it's not like there, it's, it's not like these are, are, are hidden somewhere. They're literally everywhere from what you're telling me. And anyone can go out right now and they could probably find some relatively easily. Yep. And most people. If you scroll, scroll around on my page, there's so many videos of me picking up nurdles. The amount of people, I, and no one knows what this is. No one knows what that is. No. I legitimately know it. I, yeah. I, there's just people like, you know, yeah. Uh, and like, there's kind of a good reason for that. Like the, the person who taught me what those are, she has, she has a group down in Texas and Louisiana, a big group of lots of volunteers now, but started just as her. She was picking these up because she knew the plant that where they make them, that was accidentally quote unquote, heavy air quotes, dumping out so many of them into the ocean down in the Gulf. So she's around Texas, Louisiana. She's cleaning these up, sorting them, tagging them, where she got them, when she got them, all this. And she was like, this is the only plastic, like physical litter, quote unquote, plastic pollution that these companies can't say, no, we sold it to you. It's your responsibility. She was able to take Formosa chemicals to court and they had to pay for like the, it was the first time ever. Basically one of these corporations had to pay for cleaning up plastic out of the environment. So like if that, I, I don't see the difference between those and the plastic bottles after that, you know, those nurdles versus a done and made plastic Coca-Cola bottle floating in my river. I don't see the difference. So yeah. if they can be held responsible for that, I feel like there's almost no reason you can't be held responsible for this. I'd agree. You, so that, kind of just triggered something else. So Please. when you have something like what you're doing, and I think the thing that you're trying to put out there and make people a little bit more aware of, what kind of pushback do you get? I was, that's that's why I brought her up. Okay. She got, I'm not going to spill all of her like sure. personal stuff, but I mean, very publicly there were death threats. More privately, there were some physical things that happened to members of her own family that like you can't prove this was a thing, but so many things happened to even her pets at the time. Because when you set a precedent like that against one of the most profitable corporations and their industry, you're a danger to them. A lot of money at stake. A lot of money at stake, you know? And like, I won't get into the details because I don't think she would, you know, she's said what she has said publicly and you can look that up and figure that out. But there, there, there are, there could be dangers on trying to do stuff like that. You know, I mean, even just. We had an issue with a, a, a business here in Cleveland where it wasn't, you know, on a massive, massive scale, but they were doing some polluting that we weren't super happy about that was ending up in the river. And just trying to get them to stop brought so much pushback. Like you're defending a polluter is going to be a hard position. It's going to be a hard fight to win, especially when you're doing it on like a, a page like trash fishes. Like yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. defending a polluter is going to be tough. But even in real life, like how, I mean, I've gotten death threats. Like I had a class, I teach class, I go to a business, I go to a school and do talks about what I do and, and the problems that are facing our communities and our environment because of that. And I've, I've had a literal, I mean, I've had parents of children not happy with me being as honest with their kids about, hey, recycling like isn't 
saving the planet. And like, maybe we should think about doing some other things. Cause I always tell people, I'm like, any amount of time you put into recycling, put into composting, any amount of effort you put into recycling plastic, put into composting. Cause that's actually doing real good for the world, you know? And that's another, I get off topic, but like, that's another way that like littering can be good. Your banana peel if you take a banana peel yeah. or a chicken bone or anything that's organic, any organic material, the sticks that I might pull out of the your leaves, if they go to a landfill and they decompose in an anaerobic environment, which is without any oxygen because more trash was put on top of them, they don't off-put carbon. They off-put methane gas, which is orders of magnitude a more potent greenhouse gas than CO2. So like we're all worried about our CO2 emissions. Methane emissions are the real that that's the silent killer right there and so much of it is our food scraps you know and you hear oh cows that fart or like whatever and it's okay yeah it's funny it's a joke it looks silly but like our food scraps the apple peel or the the apple core the banana peel instead of throwing it in the tree in my yard which i do all the time where it can decompose naturally and whatever else and it's just going off into the environment be sequestering carbon in the ground which is where it should be keep that carbon in the ground instead of in the air composting will save the world and it, it, it does all the things that recycling promised us it was going to i'm wearing a composting shirt right now yeah. Rust Belt Riders, like the best, some I of the best, com of them. Yes. some of the best composters in the country we have right here in our own backyard. And like, I, I don't, I don't really care about recycling plastic. If I do it, I do it. If I don't, I don't, I don't throw away a single food scrap. But I'm guessing the key, the, the biggest key to all this is have less discussion, not have less discussion. Let me word this correctly is have less products to discuss whether or not you should even recycle it or not. So you kind of almost want to take the plastic out of the, it's almost like a, yeah, cause it's, it's not about less products. It's about what that product is made out of. Yes. Cause like realistically, like, I mean, say what you will about capitalism here or there, like that's, that, that's where we live. And like you, the, the idea of that is to have a product that, and the choice to have that product. So like, I'm not trying to take away anyone's choice to have a product. I'm just saying, make it out of something that isn't c completely detrimental to my community and the environment. Like the biggest thing is like now we're making more and more plastic in this country. That is the worst part of plastic. Like the pollution after the fact, the bottle floating in the river is nowhere near as damaging as the toxic chemicals that are coming out of those plants where these little kids are getting cancers that we've never seen in humans under the age of 65 ever all these little kids have this stuff. All these little kids have asthmas that have never been a part of their community before until these plastics manufacturers get built in their neighborhood. And the Ohio River Valley is going to be a, it is the next, one of the next places where plastic production is going to be booming. We already have ethylene crackers in, on the Ohio River that, I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with the tr train that crashed in East Palestine. It was all plastics on that train. It was uh, what was it? Polyvinyl chloride for PVC. That was like the one that we, they blew up this train and burned it into the atmosphere. That's the chemical that we make PVC out of. And the train car that actually, you, I don't know if you heard much about this, but a bearing went bad. It caught on fire. It heated up. It caught on fire. When it caught on fire, it heated the contents of the train car to the point where that burst into flames. That is what caused the original derailment. Do you know what was in that train car? No. Nurdles. Oh, really? And nurdles, when you first make any plastic, it's off-gassing, heavy. So they're very, very flammable. 
So that heated up that bearing enough to catch the highly flammable nurdles inside that train car and cause that to crash. That train went right through downtown Cleveland. Nobody knows that. That train went right through downtown Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah, nobody knows that. Three it, hours before it crashed, it crossed the, 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 it, uh, it crossed the uh, Cuyahoga River in downtown Cleveland. Everyone knows of that crash. Everyone does. The thing that people don't know is, is the details of that. Because honestly, it was kind of like, everyone's like, this is terrible. I can't believe it's happening. But... One of the, I mean, the running joke was, who the fuck crashes a train? Like, it's like... Nurdles. Nurdles yeah, crash. It, it's, Nurdles like, crash trains. It's like, who can't drive a train where basically you can't even turn it? The tracks do it all. And that's why. Yep. It's not that it crashed. It exploded. Yeah. It caught on... A, a very common part failed. That was the bearing that got too hot. If that train car had been filled with water, it would not have crashed. It was filled with a highly flammable form of plastic in the form of Nurdles off-gassing because they're just brand newly made going to another plastics manufacturing facility down the down the train tracks. Oh, god damn. Right? That's a heavy one. I was in uh, East Palestine multiple times after the crash like collecting water samples for other nonprofits and helping out with what I could down there and it was brutal, you know? And I mean, we we we're covering currently having some scheduling issues with it, but we've been out to the Tuscarawaras River like down in Barberton. They had a 1000 gallon oil spill. A couple months ago, yeah, no one heard about it, right? You live in Lakewood, very close to where we are right now. Like 300 gallons of formaldehyde were spilled like a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you smelled that. There was like, I can well after this is no, all said no, and no. done, I'll look. I'll, I knew I'll find about the Barberton one because I, I, I right, right, right. No, a couple like weeks, couple weeks ago, we had a chemical spill here on like 110th. Really? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. And there, there's plenty of news articles about it happening. No news articles about following up. Hey, what was that chemical? Hey, what was this? But some sources but I that I at least what, fairly I trust. I can tell you what Taylor Swift wore today. There you go. <laughs> you know, because that's the information that doesn't cause people to want to make changes in this world. Yeah, it causes people to want to go see a three-hour movie about a dancing girl. Yeah, you know. Well, that's the uh, and and something like that is almost the. Uh, I don't know if you've ever. It's the only way that I kind of almost apply kind of what we were talking about because it does kind of wrap into again the. The, the, the people, and again, it's not a detriment to the people. Because some of this stuff, people just don't want to hear. It's not because they don't care or they don't think it's important. They're like, Jesus, I can't wrap my head. Like, I, I, I'm, this is terrifying. I have my own, whatever. But, like, that's the real world. So, it like, is. the real world around you is so fucked up that, like, it's easier to just watch the Taylor Swift movie and just watch these silly and TikToks where I was instead going, of, yeah. like, watching the absolute calamities that, like, are... I mean, wherever you fall on this current situation in in uh, Gaza, whatever, our tax dollars are paying for those a lot of those bombs that are being dropped. And like, whether you agree with why, you got to understand that like that's a little bit of that's on us. You know? Oh yeah, and I don't. Even my, think- that's my tax dollars. I pay my taxes. I sure. I assume you do too. So like, I mean, it just we don't have any choice in the matter. It's not my fault, but like, I have to share some of that guilt. Yeah, and, and like for things like that, I don't even think that that's a that I don't even think that that's a like a, a moral or side that's being chosen. I think anytime that countries that are the size of us that have this many kind of hands and all the different pots around the world, I mean, it's, especially when when you think about things like I mean, oil is the biggest one. You know, we do things or don't do things based on allegiances, not based on what we Certainly. think we should be doing. Absolutely. I mean, so to not to, to hide and not be able to watch. The, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I mean, I run this organization that like to a lot of people 
it seems like you'd go crazy. Like, I mean, the trash is never stopping. Like, I'm just banging my head against a brick wall every day out there picking up new trash out of the same place and it's going to continue to come. And, like, that's this – if I didn't – if I didn't have, like – the uh, is it fortitude or is it lunacy to like continue to do it i wouldn't be able mm. to do the positive that i'm doing so like i get it i i have this conversation with a lot of people that don't want to read the news because it's so bad but it's so real and like if you just because you don't know about it doesn't mean it's not happening you know if you don't yeah. want to look at the news it does not stop the tragedies that are in the news that are happening. Yeah, and the like, ostrich approach doesn't work when no. you're a person. It just doesn't. I, I mean, at some point, you get run over by that same train yeah. that crashed. You I know, understand like, the I understand the need or the desire to kind of just almost shield yourself or your, loved, limits. Or, or your loved ones from it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I'm not saying watch Fox and CNN 24-7. You are going to lose your mind. Yeah. But, uh, but you... You have to kind of, you have to be aware. Yeah. You have to be aware of what's going on. And that's, again, stuff like this, stuff like talking to people like you, talking to journalists who actually unpack some of these things. Because I'm like, every single time that I pull up, you know, a YouTube rhythm or anything like that, I'm like, why am I again watching a discussion about whether or not this trans kid should play fucking volleyball? Because yeah. I know there's other things going on oh, out yeah. there. Oh, yeah, way more we important We have cities stuff. in this country that are kind of gone. Oh, yeah. I don't think, I don't know how much you pay attention to it, but I do. I don't think Portland's ever coming back. I think it's gone. I mean, there you know, are some places. And, like, I, I haven't been to Portland since um, COVID. Yeah. I lived on Mount Hood for a little while. If you've ever seen a picture of Portland, off in the distance, there's one single mountain right behind Portland. I was living on there working filming for a, a skateboard snowboard BMX camp. Like cool. I said, I, that, that was my job for a long time. I was in the skateboard and snowboard BMX industry. And so blah, blah, blah. Vibrant town. Like, I mean, there's something for everybody in Portland. And I mean, like if you've been to, have you ever been, have you been to that area? No, it was one. We were planning a week long Portland, Seattle trip. We yeah. wanted to spend three days in Seattle then drive to Portland right? for four. So we, one of the we, coolest we things about that place is that like, no matter, uh, if you want to be a city rat, you can spend your whole time in downtown Portland and you will have the best time because it's an awesome city. Yeah. If you want to be a river rat, there's so much nature within a 45-minute drive that like you don't yeah. ha ever have to step foot in the city. You go to Portland and you feel like you live like a mountain man. If you are the most left-leaning person in the world, you're probably going to find someone in Portland that you can talk to. Yes. But if you're the most right-leaning person in the world – you can be anywhere in Portland and find someone who agrees with you because there's so much diverse that just that area of the country, you have both sides, a very rural state and a very, you know, uh, that's metropolis the, that was, area. That was the thing that was so appealing because I had a friend that lived there for a couple of years. Uh, my nephew lives out there now. He moved out there yeah. like uh, the beginning of the year and he loves it. And uh, um, but I mean, I had a friend that moved out there. I don't know him very well, but like we kind of knew each other and he moved out. Then he came back. I don't know, like maybe about two years ago, and just on a whim, we were talking about. It, and he goes, "It's just, it's, it's just too far gone." Like the, 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 the and he's like, "The people of Portland, that's the, the, the problem with it. It's not, it, not the problem with it." He's like, "That's the saddest thing about it is the division between the people, the, right?" The, is some people saying? are just Sorry. like, "It doesn't matter. We should just," and everyone just like, "You can't hand out crack pipes and expect things to get better." And yeah. then you, you like, you can't decriminalize. Every I understand what a nonviolent and a nonviolent offender. Those should not be treated the same. Somebody that you know is getting high on the train track should not be going to a federal prison. Right. But you also can't just allow 
everything and everyone's like, everyone will just be cool. We're not even going to care about it right. anymore. Because then what happened? And you're seeing this in a lot of cities because then people are like, well, fuck, if you're pro- fine with it, we're going to ship all of our problems to you. And that's and that's killed that city. And it's really sad because a lot of the – there are some people in Portland. I see them in interviews and in docs. They're like, I don't want to leave because I love the city so much. Right. But it's you it's know, tough, but I mean, I mean, walking from my door to my car with my kid is dangerous because just open air drug and yeah. crime and stuff like that. But they're like, but this place is so amazing, and and I've seen other parts and other docks. And I'm like, fuck, I really wanted to go to that place because because yeah. everything you just described, they're like, it doesn't matter where you come from or what you like. Portland has something for oh, everybody. Yeah. It's crazy. That's place. the thing. And other ones, um, I think, are I I think can make it. Like I think San Francisco, it's a big enough city where it can right. come back. Like it's not a place that is so small with the problems that no one will visit it anymore. It's a big place. New York has problems too. I know it does. I go there all the time. I was saying New York. You're, I mean, even I mean, you don't have to go that far away from us to go to to find you know no. people experiencing like homelessness or anything like that. It, they got it right here in our community. I'm sure you know just being in Lakewood in the last six years, you, there's an uptick. Right here, I see the same one down the street on Detroit all the there time. There you go, you know, and I mean, so like, it's not just Portland; it's yeah. it's it's happening no. all over this it's country, everywhere. Yeah. Because we're not. I mean, it's going to be. It would be very difficult to do, but like, we we gotta help these, you know. Some and some people don't want help, and like that's okay. You can kind of do whatever you have to do, I guess. But we're not taking care of the people in our oh. communities that need the most taken care of. I, you know? the, the thing that hurts the most about like places like Portland, San Francisco is I've seen such a big exodus. And the, a lot of them are like, Hey man, we didn't mind paying the taxes we were paying because we really like it here. And well, you'll pay ex- like Lakewood's like that. Lakewood's got high taxes, yeah. but this is a nice place. It's a clean, pl- clean place compared to other places. Yeah, yeah. But they're just like, you know, where's all of our money going? If, how can we be paying, you know, 50% in taxes and this homeless problem is getting worse. Where is that money going? So, you know, I mean, not a lot of it goes to support, no, you know, anything not. that actually matters. If you, you really know, most track of it, those dollars, Like we said, not. most of it is being fired out of a plane somewhere, yes. somewhere else in the world. That's where most of our tax dollars go. But like the money that is spent on those things, it's funny, like if you run a nonprofit, which like I don't, I work under the umbrella of a, of a, of a established nonprofit so that I can apply for things like tax exempt grants yeah. and, you know, uh, and stuff like that. So I don't have my own nonprofit ship yet, but in that world, like shoot, what was I going to, Oh my gosh. Uh, I keep losing my train of thought. I'm the worst at this. We're so I remember, so, but I remember, <laughs> so, you know, like the, in the nonprofit world, if you aren't, moving towards solving your problem to put yourself out of business, you're in the wrong business. The problem with the people who were giving most of the money to, to solve these like massive problems, like food insecurity and stuff, the money that is being spent on them is not enough to fix the problem, but it's enough to pad the pockets of like a couple of people. And a lot of times it's either it's, it's, it's most of the time it's nonprofits and you're siphoning this money off the government to make it look like you're fighting a problem that if you fixed it, you would go out of business, which you don't want to do. I kind of thought that's where you were going. It's like, how incentivized are you you're to, not. to get rid of your you're job? Not. <laughs> you know? You're not. You're not. So I would rather be paid. Too, I'd be make... rather be paid millions of dollars to 
pretend like I'm solving a problem than to actually solve it. And if you, if that's your train of thought, you're in the wrong business. There are some people individually in those organizations that are getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. And you're like, add another couple of zeros on that. I don't know what your, what your day to day looks like. You're overpaid because your problem, you can't pay. Same goes for any, you know, any any corporation, any company. So it's funny. Like I, I, again, I'm not my own nonprofit. And when I started doing this, because I didn't start this wanting to have a, even a program like I have with volunteers or anything. I started doing this in secret. I did this for years before a couple of my friends who were smarter than me were like, Hey man, I see you doing this thing. When we go kayaking, you're making like a difference and it's cool. Every bottle you get out of these lakes is great. And the fishing is better and whatever else. But if you really want to make a difference, stop hiding it. Post about it online. It's going to feel weird at first, which it still does years later trying to be like, Oh, like, you know, it's just like, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Like, that's like how I grew up. And it's about not, a, a lot of it is just about, you know, not looking like an, like an asshole. Like, I don't want people to think like, oh, I'm some do gooder. like, look at me cleaning up trash. I'm only putting my face on here because that's the only way I can get you to watch that video. You know, and, no. the, and the only reason I can get you to listen to me about nurdles and stuff is because I tricked you because you think I just pick up trash and you want to see someone do something nice to the environment. But I'm going to, it's the bait and switch. I do it in my, with the program. I trick you into coming down here with a free kayak and a sunshine and smiles. And then you get a two hour, you know, and it's fun. Don't get me wrong, but you, you get like a two hour guided tour of like the problems that are facing our river, you know? And like a lot of people didn't really sign up for that and don't know that it's coming. And if you're really against it, I know when to shut up and let my volunteers enjoy their thing. But like more often than not, we pick up less trash because we're having such engaging conversations, you know? And I think that's not a bad thing. I tell all my volunteers, like, this is not a race. This is not a competition. The real, we talked about earlier, the real progress here is made. You go home, you look at your grocery list. You pick a couple of things. Oh, yeah, I buy these strawberries or I buy the sparkling water. I drink two a day, every day. If I can just cut that out or find something, I'll, I'll go buy a soda stream because I still want the sparkling water, but I don't want the bottle. So I buy one at home that'll just make any water sparkling water, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so it's like, you know, that sort of thing. There's always an opportunity for you to still get what you want, but not damage, you know, like I said, these little kids are getting cancer in Louisiana because you, because Mountain Dew's got to come in a plastic bottle. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that doesn't seem right to me. So, and even if it does to you, if you're the kind of person who's like the 30 seconds of convenience and enjoyment that I get out of that beverage is worth that little kid getting cancer in Louisiana that looks just like my niece or my nephew or my son or my daughter. If you can believe that, I dare you to say the same thing about those nurdles. Those are, if single use plastics are wrong, zero use plastics are even worse. And that's what nurdles are. Single use plastics are so bad because all that detriment goes into making the plastic and then it gets, it's in the environment for a thousand years, right? Yeah. Those, at least you used that though. You used it for 30 seconds. You got your water bottle. It was worth to some people, I guess, all of that damage. Those nurdles, they're not. There's zero use plastics and that's the worst part about them. Should have started the podcast with that. I, that should be my new tagline. I, I think, I don't know, when I think about all these things, it, it almost comes out that there's just so much profit and problems. You know, it's, it's you know, problem they creating sure go hand in and hand, problem man. solving. Like, yeah. 
it's it's it like is. I said, I, I I do like I think about this from like a business standpoint, and I like a businessman would, if I had to fix the plastic pollution problem, my solution would be to make a new market. You know, it's like give the give a product that's free market, right? Like give me a product that solves this problem. But the people who make the plastic are the richest, most powerful oh, things on the planet. You know, they don't want that sort of thing. So I don't know. I don't have any solutions for it, which is why I float around in the Cuyahoga River picking up garbage every day. Oh, I mean, there isn't a, it, there isn't one solution. There's ten solutions that you need a lot of people to actually contribute. Right. You know, it's 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 not a, and it's not a something to view as a, you know, this is a, a fruitless fight. But it's not something that one person can solve. Oh yeah, and I um, and I don't think what, it's a fruitless fight. Like I I think that I mean, if anything, it's been the one thing in my life. Like I I have like a. You know, I, I have this background where I like to work on a thing, build that thing, have a thing at the end that I can appreciate or watch or view or, you know, it's like the, the artist mentality is like you you have this final product and the, the ends, that final product justified the means that it took to get there. Yeah. My project does not. Like the, the means have to justify themselves because there is no end for the, to justify those means. So like to me, being out there every day and I mean, I, it might sound corny, but like I'm out there, yes, to clean up trash. I'm out there, yes, to talk to people and spread this message, but I'm out there in protest. Like, I mean, everyone says there's got to be a good way to protest. This is my version of protesting. Like I don't have to, I'm not bothering anybody else. I'm not disrupting anything, but I'm out there every day pointing the finger at this problem that is affecting my community and I won't do anything until I can't do that anymore. Well, there's a lot to be said also for talking the talk and walking the walk too. You know, at least- that being said though, I'm not going to say that I'm perfect. Like this action oh, no. is not exculpatory for like my own bad habits. I mean, like just this morning, like I, like I said, I went fishing this morning and I left the house late. I was in a rush and I bought a bottle of pop because like I needed some sugar later in the day to take out on the kayak and I didn't pack something good from home in a reusable container. So my solution was go buy a bottle of pop. But like when I do that four times a year, it's not the same. You know, I, I know that it's not yeah. the same as doing it 365 days a year. Yeah, for sure. So, and obviously you're but like, you know, everyone's going to have those things that like you're, you're still going to buy plastic and that shouldn't make anybody feel. But but that's also a good, well, first of all, you're obviously a big part of the problem because of what you just did. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but, but what I mean is, you just illustrated something, something that somebody that is in your your realm, you're well aware of everything, but still the world and the convenience of some of these things, it's almost hard. It's almost like sugar and foods. Like if you ever like just really dug into a bit, yeah, it's <laughs> terrifying. It's terrible. It's insane. You're, you're just like, am I just eating? Little sugar, sugar. and it's not even sugar; it's mostly corn. It's, yeah, it's it sugar is. made from corn. Yeah, so it's uh, corn. It's because like, we it's make too much corn, everything we gotta find. But it's the same as plastic because yes. our corn is a waste product for us at this moment. We yeah. make too much corn in this country. So what do we do? You can't just throw it all away. You got to pay these farmers for something. Yeah. So we buy the corn, we turn it into like the cheapest, sloppiest sweetener you can make for a person, and we jam it into everything we make. Because we need to subsidize that corn. I don't even remember what I was eating the other day. And I was talking to the person about it. I'm like, yeah, there's actually not that much corn syrup. And I'm like, why is there any in this at all? And I, like, what's hilarious is that like, I don't know now, what it was, but it was something where I'm like, I don't even know how this even. You'll see on packages, apply. like packages lie to you all day long. Yeah. It's one of the worst things about plastic is everything says, oh, 
please recycle. It doesn't say I'm recyclable. It says, please recycle. Like, no, cause you can't say that or whatever, you know, but so with the, the corn syrup, you see all the time, no high fructose corn syrup. That'll be on whatever, a bottle of ketchup or something. And then you turn the thing over. What's the first ingredient? Corn syrup. Just well, not for high fructose corn syrup. Yes. The, but the, the, there's, there's, in the, and a lot of people don't know this. And here, I, this is the easiest way, again, in, in the interest of being able to apply a very easeable, an easy and funny, almost silly way to actually make you remember a fact. A couple of years ago, because it does kind of apply to this, because they can put that on there because of limits. It's not necessarily that right. there's none. Right. It's that you can say none if it's not above a certain level. Yep. And the funniest way that I remember the thing that Nets are digging into it was Taco Bell years ago. They were they had put so much chemical in their beef that it was actually no longer legal yep. for them to actually call it like a beef taco. And I'm right. like, what do you mean? And it's like. Because like forty eight percent of it is beef, or has to be beef to be called beef. Right. Forty. It was some. I don't. I don't know if that's the exact percentage. Right, right, right. But it but was a number idea. where I was just like, "Holy shit! What's the rest? That of is it? not a, a high you enough know? percentage for beef." And right. it was something like that. Like because and a lot of it is like guidelines. because they're, you're going to put some pork in it and sure, still call sure, it beef. Sure, sure. You're going to have maybe some horse in it and it's still going to be called yes. beef. You know, and like that but stuff it, is scary. But that's and, how I remembered oh, it yeah, was man. okay. And it to the point where, and I think Kentucky Fried Chicken, now KFC, had a similar issue where they couldn't call it chicken anymore because not enough of it, yeah, percentage-wise, was chicken. I know. I think it was tuna as well for Subway. Yeah, it was something, something like, like that. All these companies get caught. Like, yeah. And I mean, it's everything that we take in. Like, nothing is as it seems. And but that's all, the so much of thing. it is about how cheap they can make these products. Yeah, you can say no high fructose on a bot even though there's very much corn syrup in it yep. because it's not a certain level where it's high called yeah. high fructose yeah. corn syrup exactly it, it meets a level where you can then put it that absolutely and that. i mean i mean it, it's crazy the fact that like every you can't buy something basically that doesn't say the state of california finds this to cause cancer it's like everything in our lives is evidently giving us cancer and a big portion of that is because mo most things are plastic and we yes. know plastic <laughs> gives us cancer so it's like you, you even put it on the warning label that like is People still smoke. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and <laughs> it's like so you're gonna continue to do whatever you're gonna do, and like and at least like smoking, I could see like your whatever, why ever you smoke, you have this reason to smoke. You're not being forced plastic on you. Oh, you're yeah, like yeah. you're not being forced cigarettes, cigarettes on yeah. you like we are plastic because it's in everything. It's in the meat that we eat. It's in the vegetables we eat. It's in the air you breathe. You know, like we just don't. You don't even have a choice to make those bad decisions no. for yourself. You know, at least the 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 drug user made the decision to use the drug and and did yeah. it for themselves. They I didn't, didn't inadvertently have fifty cigarettes this year. Yeah, no, just yeah, it's no in my yeah, no. Potatoes. Every time you <laughs> actually, every time you fall asleep, I've been paying your your wife to light cigarettes and put them in your nose while you're asleep. So you've been smoking cigarettes all the time while yeah, you're sleeping. Yeah, that's why I'm so I'm not as stressed when I wake up, and I'm also pissed right away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't think you'd have as good a jujitsu moves if you were smoking 50 cigarettes a day. no so, that is one so thing you definitely up, when i have on the, the rare occasion when someone new comes in and we start because you know it's it's when someone smokes you you can't hide it it's yeah, just, yeah especially yeah. a heavy smoker yeah. and like when we'll start kind of like rolling i'm like fuck you're not gonna do well here like i i'm struggling and i'm just smelling you. <laughs> right 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 like, this is not something where you can be a, 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 a even a casual smoker and you clearly just smoked before you came uh, in right here, right which is dumb but, but it you is know really hey man that's that's the world man and and i mean i support your right to like make whatever bad decisions you want i hey. just don't want anyone to force it on us i do i agree
You did mention, I did want to, please, uh, but b- before we, we, we close, because you mentioned some of your partners. I want to make sure you get their names out there, too. Um, nah. I, I like, I do my Just own. you? Yeah, all right, cool. Yeah, screw yeah that's fine. Get, they, they, can, they, they can all get, come on next month, you know? Well, hey, I'm fine with that. I, I was going to say, I've got, uh, you know, my, and especially, like, I mean, I don't even think some of my partners would want me shouting them out. You know, some, uh, it's funny, the amount of people that like to give to places like mine, especially with messages like mine, and do it anonymous, anonymously is impressive. Like, that is the one thing that... I find crazy is like, I mean, so one of the ways that we, you know, make our, like our pennies to try to keep the lights on at trash fish is over the winters, especially, uh, our internet following will dedicate a bag of trash to, Oh, it's my mom's birthday next week. And can you go pick up a bag of trash for, her? we'll take pictures of it and tag you on Instagram and, and make a joke about your mom's dog fluffy or something and make it a little personal. And then boom, you have like, to the person who has everything, like, here's a bag of river garbage, you know, like you, you need no more plastic garbage in your life. Here's a great gift for you, you know? And so, but the amount of people who are like, yeah, just send me the photo. Like my mom is not like, she doesn't want it on Instagram or whatever. And it's the same way with some of our, you know, business, these businesses that want to help see trash fish remain free for our volunteers. They're like, Hey man, like, it's a little, it's a little political. Like you don't need to put, you don't need to put your, our, our name on your stuff, but we're really, we're here to support you. Well, Hey, and I, I got mean, nothing wrong with credit that. for it or not, or not, yep. credit, or just doing it. It can you contributing's know? contributing. So I, I, I shouted out Larder, you know, who's never given me a dime and, and Rust Belt Rider, who's never given me a dime. Those are people that like, yeah, go out there and, and go support stuff like that for sure. You know, well, I mean, those are my friends in the city. And if you follow our, our Instagram close enough, you'll you'll really see the businesses that are our friends because they're, they're on I there did notice sure. a couple on there, too. But, yeah, that, that's and, and this is the other kind of cool thing about this is that inadvertently you've kind of mentioned three people that I now want to reach out to and have a discussion. With. Yeah, there's good people all over Cleveland. Oh, uh, so know? many. And the, like the I, dumbest I, thing that people say to me is you're going to run out of people to talk to. I'm like, good no, luck. No way. Good I'm luck. Not. And the day you do, I'll come on again for you. So. Oh, well, I've already, just to be safe, I've already recycled a lot of people. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, where can everybody find your stuff, man? I mean, yeah, if you're, uh, I, again, uh, I'm, I'm here with the unfortunate truth. So if you're not a social media person, don't start one to follow me. I promise you, your life's better <laughs> off without it. But if you already happen to be suffering through the world of, of social media, yeah, you can find us on Instagram especially. But we're active on Reddit and Facebook and wherever else. But our main our main hub is Instagram for sure. So Hit us up at uh, trashfish underscore CLE, like Cleveland. And um, you can hit us up. You can get out there on the river. You could buy a T-shirt. You can dedicate a bag. You can, you know, ask me to come in and talk to your, you know, uh, your employees at your business or whatever. So we do a lot of cool stuff around there. And I think you 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 called it funny. So I'll, I'll say we have some fun and there's some decent jokes every once in a while. And uh Hang out. We'd love I, to have you. I did call it funny. I, I I think this was a good example of. I, I think when some people come across anything like this, whether it's environment activism, whatever what do you want to call it, I think they're they're not afraid of, but I think they're very sensitive of being preached to, and you don't come off that way at all. I when try I not to. When I mentioned those videos, that is what I thought of is the way to kind of convey your point in a fun way, but you'll still remember it. Yeah. And that's one of the main reasons that I reached out to you is because I thought it's an important discussion for sure. But anyone that does the videos you do. Not that you don't take what you do seriously, but I don't think you take yourself too seriously. Oh, if you knew me better, you you wouldn't take me seriously either. No, <laughs> there you go. And no one takes me seriously. There either. you go. And and but, I think those are you know a lot of us are 
the most productive people we can be when we don't take ourselves so seriously. You know, my, yeah. a big part of my my problem with the success of this business, because I, I do believe that like trash fish is marketable. If we can make it work here, there's no reason we don't have a trash fish in Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Detroit, anywhere with an industrialized waterway that's facing the same issues that we have, we should be able to do it. The only thing that's keeping us from being like, able to, you know, raise all this money and stuff. It's me. Like I'm, I'm the only thing holding this program back. So I'm working hard to fix those things and learn how to run a decent business and care about the fact that we do need to keep our lights on. And I'm not there yet. I'm not smart enough for it. So if you know anybody, we need a, we need a businessman to work with trash fish. Uh, I mean, I can think of a couple people that you, you may go. want to talk to at the very least. Hey, at the very least, there's a cross pollination. Yeah, and to any of your listeners, uh, Trashfish takes himself so less seriously that he's always open for you know constructive criticism. Come out of the woodwork, and if you think you've got a good idea for Trashfish, I'd love to hear it. My audience is very good at criticism. I, I love that. Constructive, you know. Well, but, uh, hey, I'll take it. But they're way. opinionated, so I'll take it. Well, I do appreciate you coming. I appreciate this you having me. a lot of fun. I mean, Thank I got you. the again. The, this is. You know, being able to kind of have fun, have a good discussion, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot about obviously what you do. I learned a lot about things that I thought I knew enough about, but there was a lot more layers to it. Which, learned- hey, you know, and everything I said, don't take it for doctrine either, you know, or dogma either. Go, go, you know, look this stuff up because I promise you, I didn't even give you the worst stats of it. So if you if you look into anything that I told you today, get ready for a lot more hard truths uh, reading those same pl- things that I've read. I mean, it is what it is. It, it, it sure it's, is. It's a real thing. I know it's hard. Some of these things are very hard to, and I get into certain things that I could go on a long about documentaries. I'm like, I, you don't even want to know what yeah. that was about. Oh yeah, don't ask me, It's please. just horrifying. To, 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 you would be terrified to know that even that's one, something that happens and two, something that's illegal. So <laughs> Right. And um, I'm like, I, I'm that way, man. It's like, so many people ask me, and I'm like, I don't want you to know that I know this stuff. Yeah. You know? Like, what does that say about me that I've read this much about some of these things? But, yeah. you know, but hey, to each their own. But yeah. yes, thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate this. Thank hey, you. Hey, no thanks necessary. I appreciate it. It's been great to meet you. Cool. You too, bud. Thanks.